Welcome to DC TV Classics, your home for the history of DC on TV. As we continue our journey through the history of DC films, I am your host, Keith Chow. Once again, joined by the podcaster himself, Adam Puncaster. Oh. Adam Starcaster. I can't be killing it today. He just saw the Always Be My Maybe trailer, so he's in a Keanu type. Did you see John Wick? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, everybody so, can yell at me later. I, yeah, so what's the point? Why are you I, I don't. I don't care to see John Wick in the theater. Although I love Keanu Reeves. We are here to do the audio commentary for the next film in our series, Superman 3. We took a little detour to Louisiana, did Swamp Thing last week, Yeah. but now we're back on the uh, Christopher Reeve Superman franchise. Do you even remember watching Superman 3? No, I don't think I ever watched it fully. You've never seen it? I've only seen parts and bits. Your whole life, you've never yep. seen I'm, It's Richard blasphemous. Pryor. Which is sad, because I've seen most of Richard Pryor's movies until I forgot about this one. Well, this is the thing about Superman 3, which is really interesting, is that it's basically a Richard Pryor movie. It's not... <laughs> like, if you if you compare it even to the first Superman movies, there's no overarching epic battle, right? right? It's like, it's a comedy, True. first and foremost. True. And it's Richard Pryor kind of, like, stumbling his way into a Superman movie, which is really interesting. Well, yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to watch the film. Does and Richard Pryor have powers? Uh, he has the powers to like code computers really quickly, like to oh, learn wow. computer coding. Okay, so he's a nerd. He's like a genius. Although he's so the premise is that Richard Pryor plays a guy named Gus Gorman who's on unemployment in Metropolis. He goes through like some computer coding training. Apparently, he's like preternaturally gifted in coding. And this was back in the. I remember seeing something on like Wikipedia or something. It turns out like he's just using like he's just typing a print code. Like I don't I know nothing about coding. Right. But he's typing like the code to like print something over and over again and, and like the teacher's like you're a genius because you know no one is looking at the actual code on screen that's hilarious. back in the day no one knew anything about computers but so he's like he's just naturally gifted at coding and so he gets a job working for robert vaughn's company robert vaughn replaces gene hackman as like the big corporate bad, bad guy. he's not lex luther he's a guy named ross webster who's oh. like this corporate titan i don't think he's got any analog no. in the comics but we'll, and we'll talk about this as the movie starts but he runs his giant corporation Gus works for him, and he figures out a way to uh, create, like, a code in the computer system where every, like, half cent that, you know, like, it's the, whenever the interest compound, there's always, like, a half cent left over. Right. Like, you go, it rolls it off. Right. When you go get gas, it's always, like, two twenty nine and nine tenths cents and stuff like that. So when he figures out a, a program to take that half cent and deposit it into a dummy account, and, like, you think this is a multinational corporation those half cents add up. Mm -hmm. So he's like basically filling his own coffers with like millions of dollars. It's the um, plot of Office Space. Actually. I was just going to say, it sounds like Office Space. <laughs> yeah, and Office Space references uh, Richard Pryor in Superman 3. And and so, you That's know, hilarious. Webster kind of like says, oh, this guy's smart. And he ropes him into his schemes. Basically, that's that's how you bring Superman into it. Because we'll watch the movie. I don't quite remember the, the plot, but like there's some sort of like satellite thing. Right. He's going to create like a satellite that will destroy the earth or something. I don't remember. Something dumb. Something dumb. Yep. And that's what broke Superman in. But but essentially, it's a comedy with Richard Pryor. And Interesting. That's, that's how the movie starts. So what we're going to do is we're going to start the film, and as as we usually do, we talk about we'll talk about the movie as we watch the as we watch the movie. But just a quick recap of the box office of Superman three came out in 1983. It was not a hit. <laughs> It was a, a floppy fish. It, well, so the remember, the first two movies made over $100 million. Right. Like $70s, right? This movie came out in 83. 83 was a big year. True. It made $59 million on a $39 million budget. It's not great. It's for a Superman movie. At that time, it would be great for me. 
<laughs> I mean, if someone has $39 million, they want to give us, out. You know, we'll make some crazy stuff happen. $39 million podcast. So, this was the first flop in the Superman franchise. Oh, National Lampoons came out that year. That's now, why. It was it was the first flop in the franchise. This was, this was followed by... Um, Her business. Quest risky for Peace. Did I say Risky Boots? Risky, risky Boots. <laughs> yeah, Risky Business came out. Yeah. Return of the Jedi. What were the top five Scarface. movies of 1983? Scarface was an 83 movie. Outsiders. So this is a landmark year in movies. James Bond, Never Ever Ever Again. Never Say Never Again. Never Say Never Again. I like calling it Never Ever Ever Again. Never Ever. Never Ever. <laughs> never Ever Ever. So Superman 3 was not a big hit in 1983. Too many movies that year. It's, it's basically the, the Nintendo Switch. It's also the film that, that really, you know, Christopher Reeve looks back on this film as like a mistake. This was directed again by Richard Lester. Uh-huh. Uh, we we talked about during Superman two how Richard Lester is kind of the uh, the villain of the, of that film because he decided he wanted to make a comedy, right. whereas Richard Donner wanted to make an an epic action adventure. Because now he's fully in control. Richard Donner wasn't involved in Superman three at all. Lester was completely in control. So all of the camp, all of the slapstick humor that. They had originally wanted to put in the original right. Superman. The Salkins had full control now. So they just, I mean, clue number one is they hired Richard Pryor to right. be the second lead of this film. No shade to Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor at, at that point was like superstar. a superstar. Yeah. It was like Jim Carrey when he was in right. Batman Forever, like at the height of his power. And he could have been any movie. And, and because Richard Pryor was a fan of Superman, he was like, I wouldn't be in a Superman movie. I'm curious if this affected Richard Pryor's career at all because the rise of Eddie Murphy, too. It happened right after. Yeah. Right after, yeah. One of the other interesting stories is that Margot Kidder, Gene Hackman were, they were on Richard Donner's side from day one. They didn't like the whole drama that went down. And you notice in this movie, Hackman's not in it and Margot Kidder's in it for like five seconds. Ah. Uh-huh. You know, they say that, no, this has nothing to do with uh, our dislike of the director or the producers, but it's kind of, I mean, yeah. it's, it's not a coincidence that they're not in it. Yeah, there's just too many dicks directing. Bad joke. Anyway. <laughs> but this this movie was written by David and Leslie Newman. These these were the original screenwriters of the original Superman. Remember, Mario Puzo had turned in this five thousand page script that was unfilmable. The Salkins brought in the Newmans to rewrite it into right. like a more of a movie. But it was more in the um, Batman sixty six vein, where right. it was like celebrity cameos and just dumb slapstick campy humor. Right. Like apparently there was a scene in the original Superman that was written by the Newmans, where Superman stops a bald guy. He turns around and it's Telly Savalas. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? And it's like, who's looking at you, baby? And he gives him a lollipop because that's what Kojak did. Yeah, Kojak. That kind of thing. It's like very much in the Batman mode where like a, a random celebrity just pops out a window. That's actually kind of funny, though. It's funny, but like... Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. You want that in Superman? And so like Richard Donner, remember we talked about verisimilitude. I want something that feels real, that, that honors the character. Now the Newmans and the Salkins have, and Richard Lester have complete control. Mm-hmm. They just want to ruin it. Well, they just want to make they want to make a comic because again they think this is what a comic book is, right? It's funny. Like it's funny. Yeah. It's for kids. It's the it's the Joel Schumacher approach to comic book movies, right? Right. It's supposed to be colorful and funny. So with all of that, we're going to hit play on uh, Superman three. We'll count down and you can hit play along with us and follow the audio commentary for 1983 Superman three, directed by Richard Lester, starring Christopher Reeve and Richard Pryor, in five. Four, three, two, play. Buffering. Now it's playing. No, it's buffering still buffering. <laughs> Adam, you have a terrible. No. There it is. There's the Warner Brothers logo.
I'm pretty sure in 1983 this was not what the Warner Brothers logo looked like. I'm surprised they don't keep the uh, old red and black. Do you remember that? The red and black Warner Brothers logo? I kind of do, yeah. So it's a cold open in an unemployment office. This is not how a typical Superman movie starts. Not at all. We're not on Krypton. Hey, at least they've you know made the boundary of what was actually happening. Right. Well, this is very much you know the, real. the right. 80s, early 80s. So Richard Pryor, is the, he opens the movie. So that also gives credence to the idea that this is actually a Richard Pryor movie. Right. Not a Superman. If you were to walk into the theater at this point, you'd have no idea you were watching a Superman movie. Not at all. So this is uh, Richard Pryor. He's in an unemployed. He's he's been un- severely unemployed for for a long time, and you know back in the day you actually had to go into an office and collect your check. They didn't send it to you in the mail, <laughs> and because he's been so he's been so chronically unemployed, this this Metropolis lady is not here for. This is basically like opportunity to give Richard Pryor. Time a chance to, to do, yeah. Do like some Richard Pryor bits. You are like already enraptured watching this. I just find it interesting, you know, like everybody's standing around watching Richard Pryor perform. They didn't actually try to act like they're waiting in line. <laughs> well, I mean, if you were again, now he's holding up and making himself the, the center of attention. Well, if you think about it, like this is, like I said, this is Richard Pryor at the height of his powers. He had just come off of movies like Stir Crazy. I do like that he was referencing a two-inch TV set. He knew things. <laughs> he's seen the future, <laughs> although it wasn't Japanese made. It's really analogous to 1995 when they cast Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Right. You know, he was he was is the that, most popular. Who's that standing next to him? Doesn't matter. The most popular comic actor at the time. And he was cast to play himself, as Richard Pryor here was cast to play himself in in the movie. Right. Sir and Big Money, we're going to go so try this to is, be a computer remember programmer. In, remember the... In, Oh my god! That was the worst Alexander Salkin. Well, here's the thing: like you recall, what with the credits, the credits of the first two movies are iconic, right? You're right. traveling through space with the uh, titles whooshing in at you. I don't know. I mean, this it, whole credit sequence probably gets the most. Um, this is horrid. This, it gets the most criticism because it's it's a series of Buster Keaton pratfalls, basically. What in the hell is going on? It has nothing to do with. Yeah, it's just it's like. This is a job for Superman. But is it, though? I mean, we have Jimmy Olsen buying a hot dog. Oh, and, is like, this a Penguin reference? No, yeah, I, I doubt this is actually a Penguin reference. But this has... Right, this is the kind of, like, slapstick humor that you would have found in, like, the late 40s and 50s yeah. and not in a modern superhero I, movie. Well, there is a Penguin running into what looked like bombs. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell were those? <laughs> Sorry. They were just bombs. Come on, Rex. And then we're going to make, we're going to make, and the, uh, and the blind, and the blind guys blind seeing guy. eye dog. Yeah. This makes me think of, uh, what's her name? The super villain that just has, gives everybody else bad luck so she can have luck. Right. From she's in the flash. Yeah. She's in the flash. What's her name? I don't I forgot. Remember. It doesn't matter. It's like they pulled from this entire skit. Oh, why is he suddenly painting street lights? Because they're making fun. They're making fun of the fact that he's a blind guy. And then our first introduction to Clark Kent is ten minutes into the introduction of the movie. 
I, I will say that Reeve looks the best as Superman in this movie. Yeah, he really is pulling some of the classic uh, looks from the original TV series, too, which I really like. You know, his costume looks great in this film. Yeah. I wonder how much of that has to do with, like, film stock of the 80s just being a little bit cleaner and clearer than in the, early, in the late 70s. But, but yeah, just it's just, a, it's just a series of dumb gags. And it goes on forever, this opening credit sequence. Why? <laughs> and the blind man, at least he stepped on top of his head. Oh, and walked into something. This is almost Laurel and Hardy. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is straight up like like slapstick comedy. And then we got somebody robbing a bank and he's sliding. Interestingly right. enough, this is not when Superman makes his appearance. What? The, the, the bank robber is not what like, call, like brings out Superman. People accidentally shooting cars as people are driving by. Because that's totally what just happened. All right, now I think we're in Gotham. <laughs> Why does this car fill up with water? I oh, he, he ran over the fire hydrant. Yeah, but like really going to fill it with water like this that quickly? But we finally get a chance to see Superman, though. That's I don't like know. It's, like, it's almost like the director just really wanted to see a car that looked like an aquarium. <laughs> like, hey, super hearing. I do. Where the hell you been? I will, I will say <laughs> I, I really dig this gag that they're about to pull off. When, uh, the photo. Oh yeah, this is one booth. of the best. This is one of the best. I do guys. remember the scene for some reason. And here, here's Superman. Apparently, the uh, that little boy is who played Baby Kal El in the first Superman movie. Oh wow! But yeah, his oh, yeah. costume looks amazing in this movie. It's probably my favorite um, look for Superman. And to this, do you notice how they just vaseline the lens yeah, to get uh, rid of the, the wire. strings? <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and he shakes his hand. But the, doesn't Reeve look great as Superman? Yeah. <laughs> I think you can actually still see the wire, but <laughs> like they're not even trying to uh, use their visual effects. And back to more dumb sight gags. But as I was saying, Richard Pryor was the most popular comedian at the time when this movie came out. I was trying to say earlier, he had just done Stir Crazy with Gene Wilder. He was just in the toy. Um, he had done... Yeah. See? It's, it's yeah. so distracting how wow. dumb I mean, this movie is. David and Leslie Newman, they're the ones who are responsible. They, they wanted to... If you recall, we talked about in Superman 2, the, yeah. the fight in Metropolis, how it was just full of of uh these kind of gags this is that on steroids this is just like a little bit redundant uh, see it must be her she has the powers to just have oh, are luck. you trying to say yeah that's not it's got nothing she's i know not, i'm saying this is, they definitely bad. got the references from this i doubt it's amazing it. i doubt that it's amazing and now we're at the uh, this is the data processing school that's fun there's some nice cuts there, though, cinematically. Yeah, sure. Okay. But, yeah, slapstick. So, do you really have no memory? No, movie? not at all. I love their computers. Like, And that, I, tell me that's not Keegan Michael Key's dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, if they were to do a, a, a remake of, you know, oh, how, they, you know would... how they just did a remake of um, 
All in the Family and the Jeffersons on TV. A no. Days ago. Yeah, they did a live reenactment really? of the classic All in the Family. Oh my God. With uh, Woody oh, Harrelson. Go watch as, a replay. Woody Harrelson as Archie Bunker. Marissa that Tomei as Edith Bunker. She was amazing. Jamie Foxx played George Jefferson. Oh my God. I have Sykes to watch this. It was great. That sounds amazing. But basically, the whole premise was Norman Lear hosted uh, a live reenactment of two classic Jeffersons and all That's the family amazing. episodes. And I kind of like that more than rebooting an old sitcom. Yeah, why just not? like take the classic film and then just put a new cat. Like, can you imagine if they did that with movies? Just I think it would be fun. Redo Star Wars, but like have a modern cast yeah, do it, the first, not even like like do the first movie as if it was still 1977. I get, what's his name? Uh, Stans to play. Sebastian like, Stan. Yeah, is Sebastian yeah, Stan. Yeah. Since Mark already said he looks like him. So this is the only chance we get to see Margot Kidder as Lois Lane in the whole movie, basically. Well, at least Jimmy's there. Yeah, Jim, Jimmy's actually in this movie. This is um the first introduction of a live action Lana Lang. Oh, you meet Lana Lana's later. in this? Yeah, and that's Annette O'Toole, who plays Martha in Smallville. Oh, that's she right. She was Lana in Superman 3. So the other side plot of this film, basically, Richard Pryor gets the A plot, and Reeve Superman gets, gets the, the B, B plot. plot. Yeah. The B plot is uh, Clark goes back to Smallville for his high school reunion. Ah. And that's where he meets back up with uh, Lana Lang. And that's, you know, part of the reasoning they said why Margot Kidder's not in the movie is that they wanted to play up the love interest with Lana Lang. Interesting. When the real idea is they, that they were basically punishing Margot Kidder for not, get, not getting there. along with the Salkins and Richard Lester. Because if you notice, Gene Hackman comes back for the next movie. He's right. In, he's in the quest for power because he creates the nuclear bank. I don't understand the whole, like, bingo numbers. The jingo bingo? <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it. Is that what newspapers do? I guess so. I will say Jackie Cooper is a great Perry White. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's probably like who I always picture as Perry, just because maybe because of the uh, Christopher Reed movies. But he's my like definitive Perry White. Did you know he was a Little Rascals when he was a kid? No. And then the actress who's in this movie, who plays uh, Wagner's sister, was also a, a Little Rascal when she was a kid. Oh wow, Andy that's Ross. hilarious! So it's a little mini <laughs> our gang reunion. What's her name with the bingo? Looks really familiar too. She's been in a lot of movies. People will get to know that I don't remember anyone's name. Yeah, it's Adam's clear. horrible with names. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think of Margot Kidder not being Lois Lane? Or I mean, she's Lois Lane, but not being. She's not really acting like her. Yeah. This is almost like they got married somehow, and then <laughs> she's she's not like f- tormenting Clark and flaunting. Well, her part of it is that they're they're trying to figure out a way to get her rid of, get rid of her, and the premise is Lois goes on vacation. That's that's the reason she's not in the movie. Is she goes right. on vacation? I have no idea why. Like they couldn't just say Lois is on assignment, right? In like a war zone. But he also she... erased her memory in the last film, so. <laughs> At least Jimmy doesn't get assassinated in this one. Right. That there's that there's without that. even giving him a name. <laughs> it's gonna be so fun when we get to Batman versus Superman. Oh, did that happen in that movie? <laughs> Spoiler alert. So, yeah. 
if you're if you actually know like computer code, I'm, I'm very very curious what you think of like the code that they show wow. on the screens. Because WebSco. Yeah, this is the this is the company that Robert Vaughn's character runs. And I love that they they've got it. some decent real computers here. Got some. Well, I mean, got some this TIs, man. These are like this was filmed in '82, so this is way. If anyone actually used these, uh, sign off in the commentary because I'd love to hear your experiences with them. What do you know about early '80s computing? I had one that came out right after this model, and I had no idea what I was doing with it. Do you, do you, 1986. Are you familiar, are you familiar I think we with? Got our first Tandy. Are you familiar with Office Space? Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is the origin of. The, it, it's hilarious how similar. I was actually just. It's thinking, not similar. Like they they purposefully reference Superman three in Office. Space. That's amazing. The half cents. They can they call it salami slicing. Salami slicing. That's where, a great where name. You take like we're basically embezzling cash from a multinational corporation by. Uh, faking the, the 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 money and that's where gus gets the he's he finally gets the idea like, what's hey. interesting is i find almost all the cinematography really nice how so <laughs> just because they like fade and wipe no it's just the way that they've they've lined the shots the center point i guess so i mean it's better than some of the wipes we saw in Swamp Thing last week. That's for sure. Swamp <laughs> Thing had some of the the most uh, butt wipey wipes. The funny thing is, I'm sure you could. He see literally just overrid all the security. What? Yeah. Please select functions. Inspect binary details. He's like. But you know, like. Well, they did kind of set him up as being clever, right? In that whole unemployment scene. I mean, I guess so. But you know how like they show uh, like Felicity or Chloe in Smallville like right. hacking and stuff like that. Like, like, it feels very similar. Well, but also very kind of quaint. <laughs> like all you had to do is like. <laughs> I did not know. Type run C. That the Smallville logo from the TV series was just on that bus. It's the same font type. Was it? Yeah. I didn't notice that. So does Smallville officially the logo or originated Superman three on the bus? Anyone who else sees that, awesome. Apparently, Smallville is also Gotham City. Why? <laughs> it's just the fire trucks and oh. all sorts of bad things happen. It's just like. <laughs> so he, t- this is, he took a. Bu- I guess in the eighties, you know, on a reporter salary, the only way you can get from the East Coast to Kansas is by bus. It's a chemical plant, and there's a fire. Why is Jimmy? Oh, Jimmy's with. Oh, that's right. Because Clark, Clark pitches to Perry that the high school reunion is a, actually a story he's working. On. Right. So he needs Jimmy with him. So that's interesting. Like Jimmy has a more prominent role in this one, right. Than he did in the other two. Which is kind of cool because like, you never really get to see like Superman and his pal Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, you know, I always thought Jimmy Olsen was one of the like the most important characters because he always has a camera so clark has to be careful and and he's got a camera it, with a with a tracker in it that must be destroyed and right. gets shot in the face <laughs> well that was you <laughs> I ref- you referenced that. it earlier that was the whole point of batman versus superman yeah uh 
I wonder if anyone realizes, like, why is Superman in Kansas all of a sudden? Yeah, I don't know. That's never a thing that people question, I guess. I'm curious as how many real firemen they had on this scene. I mean, it's, it's actually some pretty good This looks like value. a really actual dangerous scene to, to shoot. Uh, Especially a guy saw... wearing polyester. Doesn't he look? I don't know. I'm just. I'm just so. Every time super, he's so magnetic. Every time Reeve is on screen, he just looks. I just wish they gave him better movies. To be yeah, fair. I feel like the they had a hard time getting him in on the wires here. Yeah, I mean they always do. There's a lot of like taking off and landing, probably more so than the first two movies. He's awfully slow compared to when he spanned backwards. Mm-hmm. Rewinded time. Oh, that's an impressive scene. Yeah, it, I think it's a lot to be said with how great Reeve is as Superman. Like this is this yep. is a very Superman esque. This is probably the scene. most Superman esque action scene of all the films. Where he's like saving people, saving people. He's definitely putting himself in harm's way because it doesn't bother him, right? And he's concerned. He's concerned with the safety of the people. And not, and not just, just showing off how strong I am. Yeah, that plus he's not just swooning over Lois the entire time. I don't know. I, I I feel a little bit of like poison when you talk. You don't like Lois Lane very much, do you? No, I just the whole last two films is like Lois, 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 Lois. Oh wait, there's something else happening. Let me save some random non-important people. This one actually makes other people look important. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, so which the is the idea that Superman only saves Lois Lane. Yeah, I didn't like that in the previous films. Although I like the previous films. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's this, this is very reminiscent of the original TV series. It does seem it does feel like that. It really does. Especially the idiot who's still in there with hazardous what is this, kryptonite? Or something random. Uh it is green. No, it's it's some kind of like acid. Oh, that's the other thing that happens later. We'll get to it. But uh Webster tax because of apparently you know richard Barr's character is right. a genius he tasks him with creating kryptonite oh interesting that's how they'll stop superman and the but the he has all of the ingredients except one there's like a mysterious ingredient that he doesn't know what to use so he puts like tobacco or something i don't remember <laughs> and i guess that throws off the chemistry of the kryptonite so when they expose clark to it it doesn't kill him it doesn't hurt him right but it, oh. it turns him into evil oh. superman well it's they like, almost killed jimmy what is it in Smallville? Is it red kryptonite? It's like red, red kryptonite, kryptonite in Smallville. It turns him bad. It turns him bad. And that's why we get the bad Superman. But at least, it, it, you know, tobacco makes you bad. The most iconic thing about Superman 3, I think, other than the Gus Gorman salami slicing. What's great is that his hearing is back now. <laughs> but he, he totally left the other scientists to die. The bad Superman is probably the most iconic thing out of this movie. There's like a classic GIF of. Superman see, I would bar. reshoot this. You, if you guys seen the most recent like reshooting of Star Wars, where they oh, redid the, the, Va- the Vader and uh, mm. Kenobi fight scene, I would totally just shoot him walking through that flame. What was wrong with it? They, they cut it right as he was walking up to oh. the fire. I'd be like, it would just been amazing to see him walk through the fire. Yeah, well, it's fine. Doesn't re- I, I'm going to say this every time, but. Isn't he a great Superman? Yeah. He's such a great Superman. And the x-ray shot was actually kind of cool. It's like, hey, Jimmy, uh, at least you didn't get shot in the face. This might be my favorite scene in the movie. 
it feels it feels like something straight out of like that era of Superman comic books. I mean, the acting <laughs> is something to be desired, but please tell me he drills. This is 1983. That was a pretty impressive so, flight. I scene. wonder. I guess Adam West at this period was still considered Batman. Yep, pretty much. I wonder if there was ever any consideration to like I, it Adam been West amazing. to cross over with uh, with Christopher Reeve. I mean, I guess he was still in shape. It, well, in if you imagine this dynamic versus Adam West Batman versus current generation Batmans and this Superman, you're like, well, I. You know, I, I take saving people seriously, Batman. It would be totally opposite. But that's something to like to just think about. If anyone had had the foresight in nineteen in the early nineteen, I love that he's flying the whole lake of ice <laughs> to get Linda Carter, Christopher Reeve, and Adam West to do something together. So giving giving this whoever credit, this is amazing. I'm telling you, this is probably the best, most Superman esque series of scenes and i'm kind of laughing that he just dropped a giant ton of ice <laughs> but you know it should be laser beaming that as it's going down right i guess i think they were just they just didn't think about it at the time they're like oh that'll make rain it helps to have real scientists working on your films guys <laughs> kids stay in school it's a miracle yeah and there's Superman. Or that was great. That was the best. That was scene. like the that most the rewarding scene. thing I've ever seen. Oh, and we're this is. Can, the, uh, can that be the whole movie? We're done. Uh, it is not the whole. Movie. <laughs> Darn. Does this say class of 1965? Yes. Is that nice. when? Is that when he graduated? Because in the uh, would, yeah, in the first gonna... movie, it looked like it was the 50s. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. So if he came to if he came to Metropolis in 77. He was, yeah. I should have been. I mean, um, I'm assuming he like twenties. Here's another thing. Did he ever boy. get a degree? Like, did, did Clark no, go, he to didn't go to college? <laughs> How did he get a job as a reporter? Did you he not? Probably, they did probably not, couldn't have afforded it. Yeah. Did you not need a college degree? We need that movie, guys. <laughs> we need the movie of Clark going to school. Not going to school. <laughs> <laughs> he went to journalism night school. I'm telling you. My, my my flash running back in time and making Clark become Superman when he's younger. Well, yeah, I mean, Superboy. Well, you know what? The Salkins produced the Superboy series in the eighties. Oh wow! So maybe That's are right. they trying to? I mean, and I That's think true. that Superboy was supposed to be. I actually only watched like one episode of that. Totally forgot about it. I think I moved. There's a nettle tool, Martha. Save Martha! <laughs> wow. She was the wow. best, the best Martha. Oh, look! They showed they showed she teenage is. they showed teenage uh, Christopher Reeve That's when, hilarious. when he was supposed to be Jeff Eastman in Superman One. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah, that's an Edo tool. Although knowing that she plays Clark's mom, I feel kind of weird watching this scene now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was always the great thing about Smallville is how they always paid respect to mm-hmm. like the history of the franchise you know they had a nettle tool on the show they had margot kidder on the, they had that's christopher right. reeve on the show that's what i always felt you know tom welling and that whole cast that's right. they were the ones who got the torch passed to you know more so than 
Brandon Routh more so than Henry Cavill because they had the previous generation. Well, to be honest, I like her much better here than I did like her in The Punisher. And Ed O'Toole's in The Punisher? Which Punisher is she in? Most recent season. What? You're making that up. Nope. You're wrong. There is, and I would have known if Annette O'Toole was in The Punisher. I think you're you're doing your whole thing where you're getting people mixed up. Oh, they do. There's a lot of people who look alike. <laughs> She's not in The Punisher. You need to rewatch it, dude. Um. Oh God, she wasn't The Punisher. Yep. I I did not watch the second season of The Punisher. Clearly, what is Martha she, doing in The she, Punisher? She, she plays one of the villains. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. I'm and not... actually. She did such a good job of it. It kind of made me sick to my stomach. I was like, God, she don't like you. That's Martha Kent. Like, you just totally ruined Martha being a religious zealot. She's a religious zealot? In yeah. The Punisher? She, she's like she's like Lana Lang, but, you know, uncensored and unfiltered and <laughs> never educated. Hmm. And evil. <laughs> There's some interesting shots here. It's amazing how fast Clark warms up to her, though. Yeah, I don't know if they... Do they play them off as a couple, or were they just friends in college, in high school? I don't know. I don't know. I well, think, she's definitely looking at him like more than that. Well, I think in the in the film, she's either like a single mom, or like that's her ex-husband or something, that, that football-playing guy. Right. It, should, it would help if I was actually paying attention. But you had me looking up Martha's... You had me looking up a Ned O'Toole being in The Punisher. So I was telling you. Yeah, you were right. I was wrong. I'll take that L. And we got that on a recording. Yeah, it's, I'm often wrong. <laughs> I'm usually wrong. Or am I? Can you imagine? Like, so basically, you could just go into your company's payroll and go, here's an extra paycheck for me. I would. At that time period? Jeez. 85 grand in expenses and no one's blinking an eye <laughs> like excuse me i have a i put in for expenses oh yeah here it is eighty-five thousand dollars. that's that's totally normal that's hilarious how would you compare annette o'toole and kristen crook i like kristen crook <laughs> was lana in Oh, Kristen Crook hasn't made it over again, has she? Has she appeared in the TV universe since Smallville? No. But uh, I was thinking there, there's a Lana in Man of Steel, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, she doesn't have any talking lines. Yeah. Line. I mean, Kristen Crook did a good job in Beastly, or whatever. Not Beastly. What oh, the Beauty the, and the Beast. Beauty yeah, and the yeah, Beast yeah. TV series, which is great. Although she's starting to do. Uh, She's starting to do. Is that uh, that does look like Tom Welling? It did look like Tom Welling. I, I, I could have swear <laughs> to God that was Tom Welling. Who is that in that picture? I think that's her husband. Like the, she married the football player. It's like it, it's not Whitney that, from that is from eerie. Smallville, but it's basically isn't that eerie? Yeah, it was for a second. I thought that was Tom Welling. Um, oh my saying? God! Oh, so Kristen Crook is starting to do conventions now. She had never done conventions before. I think the three of them: Kristen, Tom, and Michael Rosenbaum. Just did Fan Expo fan Dallas. Expo, yeah, that's right. And, and that was the first time the three of them had ever done. Yeah, you're going to be in town when, when John Glover rolls. Yeah, uh, so Shore Leave Shore is happening Leave. in Baltimore with John Glover, Erica Durant. Uh, you have to uh, take him to lunch for me because I offered <laughs> and I'm not going to be here. Are you not going to be here in July? No. 
But th- th- there's a whole cast of Smallville. Uh, Erica Durant, Aaron Ashmore, who plays Jimmy. It's so funny because Sean and I kick, hit it off in the last short leave, and we've been buddies since. So Sean, I, I, Sean Ashmore? Yeah, I, I, I didn't know he had a twin brother. Yeah, you thought he was I, I'm Jimmy? one of those guys who thought he was a, just a very versatile actor. But he was on actor. Smallville. Right. Sean well, played, right. Uh, he, was a, he was a freak of the week in like season one. That's right. But then his brother Aaron played... Uh, it's funny because that's not Ice what Clark, Clark did not look like Christopher Reeve in Superman one when that's he was in pretty Smallville. Funny. Um, but yeah, so who else is it's, it's uh, Erica Durant, John Glover, Aaron Ashmore, I think Elena Huffman who played Black Canary, right. on Smallville. Yeah, they're all coming to Shore Leave. Shore Leave is basically like this uh, sci-fi con that happens on the outskirts. It's mostly of Baltimore. a Star Trek con, but yeah, it's, it's turned into Shore more now. Of a, it's now it's a, anything just anything sci-fi. TV. Sci-fi. That's Annie Ross. She's the one who also used to be in Our Gang with uh, Jackie Cooper. She also oh, becomes yeah. she becomes like Brainiac later in the movie. And really? she, used to, she used to scare the hell out of me when I was a kid. Because I told you last week about the, uh, the I used to have the tops cards. Oh, the trading yeah, cards the tops cards. For Superman 3. And there was a card of her in her like cybernetic makeup that like was freaky as hell. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Speaking of Brainiac, the one of the original drafts of Superman 3 was uh, supposedly involving Brainiac, Mr. Mixapillic, and Supergirl interesting and um the idea would be that brainiac raised kara mm-hmm. and they came to to earth and kara leaves brainiac for because she falls in love with superman so i guess they're not cousins in that draft of the, of, the, of the movie or maybe they are cousins and it was set in you know weird arkansas or something <laughs> not kansas but arkansas there's some shots here that are very Lex Luthor like, so they well, yeah, basically I mean, established Miss Tessmacher's replacement, and yeah, and she's basically Mercy, in a way, right? Like I, I'm actually that's what I was getting Mercy. vibes of Mercy, like right from the get go. I mean, if they had not had a falling out with Gene Hackman, this probably would have been Lex Luthor, you know, right? Instead of Websco, it would have been LexCorp, you know, which is kind of cool. I mean, in a way, this is maybe where they got the ideas of. Because I guess Luther being was he not in the early eighties? He wasn't like a corporate titan. He was still no. like a mad scientist. Yeah, villain. <laughs> so of course Gus buys a Ferrari. It's <laughs> probably his real car. With <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Richard, Richard Pryor's like I'm bringing my own car to the set. <laughs> like your first ex- your first eighty five thousand dollar expense check, you're gonna go out and buy a Ferrari. It makes me wonder if that was actually like one of his checks for the film. I think that might have been. I think the the guy. The blonde guy is Lana's ex-husband. Gotcha. But you know they're divorced, but they they're they're both like small town hicks, so they still live in the same town. Right. So he's gonna get jealous of. Clark no offense to any small town hicks listening. Hey, I'm a small town hick. Yeah. Oh, he's an alcoholic. He, he totally doesn't look like the picture from high school. Is I that? Thought, is I thought it was Walter Peck from uh, Ghostbusters, but I don't think he is. Remember uh, Walter Peck, the EPA yeah. guy from Ghostbusters? What is his name? The guy who plays Walter Peck or this guy? No, this guy. Uh, I don't know. He guy. looks familiar. You think everybody looks familiar, right? Thinking like, not Iron Eagle or... That's not the... Oh, Ga- Gavin O'Harley. O'Harley, right? Yeah. So he's an ex-boyfriend. He's not an ex-husband. Interesting. So he might not be their dad. So I think they dated in high school. Right. And uh, then she married someone, had these kids, and then 
divorced and now these are like i guess two ex ex boyfriends yeah. are going to have a triangle over. he also has he's giving me a shaggy vibes shaggy from scooby-doo from the scooby-doo movie matthew lillard he has a <laughs> bit of a matthew lillard look to him talking about reshooting the same film new, new actors <laughs> this would be cool I don't know why he's got to play up the like clumsy Clark Kent in. Maybe he is actually clumsy when he's. Oh no, that's right. He's he's helping him. <laughs> um, that was cool. That was definitely as a kid. I've been like, what the heck? But yeah, but like Clark wasn't goofy in high school. I mean, but he was kind of invisible. At least I don't know. I don't know if Superman one is no longer in continuity anymore. Right. Clearly. In Superman 1, he was in the 50s. Right. And he was Jeff Eastman with the fake nose. That's right. And now he's actually Christopher Reeve. And uh, the thing they've caught on to uh, Gus's scheme. But instead of firing him, Webster brings him into like, oh, you're you're a crook. Let me, let me, why don't you do some of that? Well, I mean, that's basically how the government works, right? Like, oh, you hacked our systems. How about you come work yeah, for us? Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's yeah. a good point. So this um is this movie as bad as you anticipated or do you think because you seem to there's some there's some redeeming spots kind of digging it I will say it's not as bad as I was always imagining it to be like right it, in you know, in the annals of of I, I am movies. extremely curious where half of these damn sets are because they're amazing sets <laughs> this place is phenomenal can you imagine if that's what your office looked like this is bigger than my house. <laughs> I have a big ass house. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Come on now. We're watching this movie in your theater room, so I I can attest to the the size of the house. They even have like like the steps are amazing. Oh, it's got oh yeah, all right. He's got the bat cave in his freaking office. <laughs> is it, oh hey, is oh. that the same spot from Indiana Jones? Oh uh, maybe. I is wonder it if a... it's the same set. I wonder. If um, this actor Robert Vaughn, like he's actually an Oscar-nominated actor, like I wonder what, like, why they roped him into this movie. <laughs> um, we haven't talked since the Robert Pattinson news dropped. Oh yeah, what's your opinion? Of, I can't uh, wait. I really like the. I think Robert idea. Pattinson, since he ever got casted for Twilight, was on the road to becoming Terry McGinnis. Oh, for Batman Beyond. So when it, when they announced, oh, you sent me a picture. I of, thought of, of Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton and him would be the perfect mix for you know a much more mature Terry McGinnis. But I'm okay with him playing Batman too, which is I guess the same thing. Yeah, so. I'm. You know, I'm. A lot of people are on the whole, you know, Twilight. You know what, you big man babies, get over sparkly vampires and stop being offended by because <laughs> oh, excuse me, uh, stuff. <laughs> I hate Keith, you. Adam. Keith will bleep me on that one. It's just sad, you know, like seeing how people get up in arms about every little decision. Every great actor that's been nominated for any role in DC, everybody scoffed at until he did it. And everybody's like, no, we can't. Yeah, miss, I mean, like, we, we missed Batfleck already. I'm like, remember how mad people were? I thought he was built and awesome enough to be Batman. Or even, although his he, line deliveries weren't my favorite. Even Heath Ledger. Remember, remember Heath, when people went crazy about Brokeback Joker? As soon as they announced Heath, I thought they had made the best choice ever. 
And I mean, the mother of them all is Michael Keaton. Like, that's it. Yeah. Just because the internet didn't exist in 1988, doesn't mean people weren't complaining. At yeah, Beatrice there were apparently Batman. there were there were actual like someone posted on on Twitter the other day like the actual petition that that was like so this time you had to like Hollywood. yeah yeah pass it around and like sign it and stuff like that. But yeah, like the idea of of uh you know on non traditional actor playing the roles in Batman has been that's part of the legacy of Batman. And any film, if any film of Pattinson's in the last ten years since Twilight, yeah. you'll see that he's he's got yeah. the chops, and he's he's going to be the lead in Christopher Nolan's movie next year, Tenet. That's right, Tenet. Well, not the lead; the, he's a lead because John David Washington. Well, if everyone has seen his last two films, like High Times is amazing, and the most recent one, which is The Lighthouse, I believe. Mm-hmm. I just saw some clips of that, and everybody said it was phenomenal. He plays very dark. And, and apparently, so. like, there's rumors that Matt Reeves is kind of doing maybe a long Halloween-esque mm-hmm. story. Oh, that'd be cool. Where there's like a, there's a murder. That would be really And cool. all the suspects are his rogues gallery. So Penguin, Catwoman, Riddler. That would be really interesting. And so, like, it's, it's he goes down the line kind of, you know. Trying to investigate. Investigating. So he actually them. is a detective. He's actually a detective. Like this Matt is, Reeves this is said, the Batman we need. This people. is the yes. This is the Batman. Stop complaining. We need Detective Batman. <laughs> it's called Detective protector. Comics for a freaking reason. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like what Gary Oldman says at the end of uh, Dark Knight. Like he's not the hero we need, but the one we deserve. Right. Now. He's not the hero we deserve, but the one we need right now. Right. That's that's how I see Matt Reeves. And and it's you know. DC is kind of like foregoing the cinematic universe right. stuff, so it's like it can be its own thing, which I'm totally I, I, I'm, I'm okay with them rebooting. It's not even point. a reboot so much; it's just like well, we're not I'm, even. I'm going saying to work. tying this into '84 with Wonder Woman, right, at or some Aquaman, point. or anything like that, and it, making it all make sense. I know, and you can like my point. My thing is make good movies mm-hmm. and figure out later how to like Marvel. Yes, Marvel was able to figure out the you know, building blocks to a, a larger shared universe. Right. Doesn't mean you have to do it. Exactly. You focus on good movies. And then on this one, I'm oh, sorry. We are, we haven't been talking about the movie. So Richard Pryor is carrying a bag of cash. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> I, I told you earlier that he was uh, brought in not to get fired, but to be part of Wagner's or not Wagner Webster's scheme. And it's, but the, he's also scared of Wagner and being Webster. turned over. Yeah. But the, the scheme is the scheme is like he he has to re, reconfigure. And Clark the, just had the mail with the door. <laughs> and and just the, the satellite happens to be in, in a bag in Smallville. That's hilarious. So what he what, what he's going to do is take the satellite to apparently can control the weather, and it's going to destroy the coffee crops of Colombia. Interesting. So that Webster. Can get more like yeah profit off of the stuff. market share of the coffee market share or whatever, and it's, it's it's very similar to like Lex's whole we're going to destroy the West Coast of interesting so, so that it. we can we can have like beachfront property in like Arkan or in uh, Utah or whatever. So and the the satellite for some reason happens to be in Smallville. <laughs> I don't know. Smallville was like hey the, can, can we like change names in this movie and make it even more interesting? Let's just say that uh. It's Lex's brother. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. They have they thinking the same. Maybe they went. They're like classmates. Well, like I said, or maybe they wrote it as Lex Luthor, and then Hackman was like, "I'm not coming back." Yeah, pretty <laughs> so much. Which is a Webster. But he's got a big company now, which is right. interesting. Which he didn't have early. Uh, but back to Batman. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, if you're watching, this is Clark and Lana are having a. Uh, well, I mean, uh, if they're if they're rebooting and and Henry Cavill does not come back. Well, see now I'm okay. I'm okay with no Henry Cavill, like the lead actor from Archie to play. Oh, uh, KJ Apo. KJ, I still think he's too short. He may be too short, but he has the look of. You know, you know who who I think is a good Superman alongside Robert Pattinson. Who Henry Golden. I have no idea who that is. Crazy Rich Asians. The oh, lead, yeah, actually. The lead from Crazy Rich Asians. Actually, he would be really great. He'd be a great Superman. Henry, sorry, I didn't know your name. Yeah. Why do you have, like, a white name? He's half That's white. That's with you. Oh. Yeah, you would know all your kids. <laughs> all your kids are mixed. Um, so, I think Henry... Yeah, actually, he, he's a good-looking guy. My whole thing about Army Hammer was I wanted him and Henry Cavill together. If if they're going a different direction... Yeah, this, from, that would be a good cast. Army Hammer... Then I don't need Henry Cavill as Superman. As Henry Cavill was a great Superman when given the chance to play Superman. He I'll was still great. say AJ Kappa though. Yeah, go. I mean, they're both like Asian he, Pacific he, Islanders. Basically, so that's, works for me. <laughs> Kappa has the Smallville look, and actually, every time I see Archie Bunker, Archie, no, Ar- not Archie Bunker. That's Archie. Archie. That's Archie Bunker. We said Archie Bunker earlier somewhere. Yeah, I was talking about All in the Family. What is Archie's last name? In Andrews. Andrews. Archie Andrews. On a. It just feels like it's an off universe of smaller sure. which is the way i mean riverdale riverdale is the uh you know is dark the, dark is the, archie is the neighbor neighboring they could do they could do a crossover where like yeah smallville's around the corner or something what's funny is I, I you know clark is so stupid that he doesn't realize that he's going on all these dates <laughs> and like getting her hopes up and lana's going to show that she's also not a damsel in distress, you know, yeah. so check her own engine. It's cool that he's wearing his Smallville sweater around his neck like the like Superman cape. cape. That's hilarious. Oh, you oh, can actually see his hearing. That's actually really cool. That's a great <laughs> shot. Uh-oh. How did the kid fall asleep in the field? No, I think he fell and hit his head on the rock. Oh, that's right. The Smallville has the uh, Smallville S, so it really does invoke the Superman cape. Yeah. Is this a? Do we get a shirt rip? No, no shirt no. rip. He just he just kind of blurs. He moves so fast. That was very uh, Flash. So, do you think um, they're just going to not bring back Ezra Miller as the Flash, and they're just going to? I'm a you know Ezra Miller actually was. I liked Urza as Flash. I, I was hesitant to like him because I was so into the TV universe. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I really like his take and the fact that he seems very autistic is fun. Is it interesting, though, that like the whole problem with the Flash movie is that Miller says he wants a dark Flash movie when he was the comic relief in Justice League? Like, I don't, right. It's kind of weird that he's like, oh, well, I, I mean, wanted to make a Frank Miller-esque even he even brought on like Grant Morrison or something to write right. with him, and it's like. But once they introduced Grant the Morrison, funny. I'm like, I'd like to see Grant Morrison what he thought of the. Uh, you like to see a Grant Morrison? I'm sure Flash he would write in some comics start parts, mm. but we have comic Flash. We have. Well, that was him in Justice League. What I'm saying is that like, his character in Justice League doesn't, you know, to me wouldn't f- make sense for a. Yeah, dark, and I mean, I, I can movie. see him trying to, like, fit in Iris, and, you know, the fact that he's so fast he can't slow down and have a personal life, I can see that being the dark part. I think that's really oh. cool. I would love to see that take. I mean, that's better. I don't want to, like, straight-up comedy Flash movie. No, you know. at all. I He's already goofy, as is. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, 
But that's the thing, too. Like, if they're going away from the Snyder universe, for lack of a better word, do you even need right to bring back Ezra Miller as the Flash? I, I would like him to be yeah, kind of coherent, because I also think that he still looks young. Well, and then, like you've always said, and I've said this, too, Flashpoint is the way to make all of these disparate things come together. Just have him run back and say, hey, uh, Bruce, <laughs> I know you're Batman, and be like, what? It's like, hey, there's this guy who's got superpowers. You should probably talk to him and put him on the right path. And that whole scene with, you know, Pa Kent getting taken by the tornado, have him already have his uniform ready and just go and save the day. It would be his first appearance, like in the comic. Oh, like prevent prevent Pa from dying. Yeah. But then but now you have a different Superman. Who has who his looks dad's different. moral oh, standards. Be like, you just can't do that. Which is fix the whole issue with him killing people yeah okay. and also might fix bruce from killing people in the future too because well it, it throws i mean death. the thing about bruce is that he wouldn't even be like 20 years older than superman anymore like if you're yeah, if you're robert pattinson yeah that's my whole Batman, idea that would you, be my you've like fix the universe and then him and wonder woman wouldn't be a thing because it would just be weird <laughs> are they i mean are they a thing i don't know they kind of hinted at in, in justice league I don't know. I think it's, they imply it, but I don't think it's a thing. I hope it's not a thing. I mean, Wonder Bat works in the Justice League cartoon. Yeah, not, not in the the movie version. It was too it was too forced in Justice League. Even in Batman vs Superman, he was kind of like infatuated with infatuated with the, the powerful woman, which actually is a very Bruce Wayne thing. Oh, I forgot about the Richard Pryor drinking with. With the giant freaking cowboy hat, which yeah. is amazing. There's a lot of drinking in this movie because later, a uh, uh, bad Superman becomes a drunk. <laughs> Maybe they're, well, they're they're hitting on everybody's uh, weak side, right? They're talking about he's always filled to the gills. Was the line earlier? Oh, you were actually paying attention. Yeah, I was talking about Robert Pattinson's Batman. But it's interesting how much focus they put, they show that drinking is bad in this film. I guess that's good. Maybe. he's like i'm not drunk (laughs) he's still tipsy (laughs) (laughs) you're clearly enjoying i I, I mean richard pryor is great richard pryor the problem with superman 3 is not that richard pryor is in it richard pryor is amazing (laughs) did he just Walk by a Colonel Sanders. Yeah, I don't know why there's a Kentucky Fried Chicken Kentucky... bag in the closet. That what is that? What is that? <laughs> this is a product Weird placement. Product I placement? Guess, yeah. So Lana's boy ex boyfriend is in charge of the weather satellite. This all doesn't make any sense, but yeah. Apparently, it just happens to be in the police station where it should be. Right? <laughs> and it's like it's like <laughs> it's like nuclear weapon keys. You have to have two that you turn at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it's like. And the keys are basically like Afro Important. picks. Both keys must insert at the same time. So this is, I mean, this is... again, part of the part of the criticism of the film is that like Richard Lesser gives it over to Pryor to like just do Richard Pryor stuff. And I can definitely see Richard Pryor like directing. I mean, can you imagine? Like, scenes. I mean, you mean Richard Lester. No, I'm saying I think Richard Pryor had a lot of input on some of the comedy. 
Sure. Well, it's, that's what I'm thinking. It's almost like improv. Like, yeah. just do do you, man. It's like, how would you make this more entertaining and take up more film time? Like, I'm, my what thing is, like... What does that say? Uh, it does say Kentucky, Kentucky Fried Chicken. Chicken. Yeah, it's, a, it's like KFC. It's like product placement, I'm sure. I looked it up. He's not Walter Peck from Ghostbusters, but he sure as hell looks like him. That's really funny. Like, but how's he going to get him to insert it at the same time? This is kind of show, showing his intelligence, right? Or his craftiness. And he's doing this while he's, like, drunk. You know, <laughs> so that... What's funny is I kind of almost wish, wish Richard Pryor was Lex seeing these scenes. Just make, just go ahead and make him Lex Luthor? Yeah. Just the cleverness of it. Oh, yeah. He's a genius. He is a genius. Did that screen just say what kind? Wheat King. Wheat King. Uh, I wonder if this like really was Mister Mixaplex and Brainiac. Yeah. If like the Richard Pryor character is basically Mister Mixaplex. It, it it could be. Like He's that could have been cool. That would have been fun. And they the, the whole thing was that he was just like causing havoc. I mean, all the versions in the TV universe. I still think the best Mr. Mizzaplik was Howie Mandel. Oh, in uh, Lois and Clark? Lois and Clark. Blew my mind. When he showed up and used that name, I was like, really? <laughs> this is like this. Such a perfect person to play him, right? It's another goofball. Wait, why? I don't understand. I thought he was hacking a satellite. But how did he? he he's, he is... How's what he's doing in Smallville affecting what's happening in Metropolis? I don't know. I don't think they understand how technology worked back well, in nineteen eighty. I think maybe they, this is early days of the original internet and how they thought it might work or go against technology. So maybe, never know. Is he printing checks? Bloomingdale's checks. So maybe he's not even doing the. Uh, maybe he's not even doing the. Uh, he's just conning people left and right. He's not even doing the the satellite thing. Although those checks got sent out really fast. <laughs> That's, that's pretty Because I bet they're going to cut back to Richard Pryor in the office still. Oh, now the guy owes 170 grand. He's going to blame his wife. Yeah, that's not misogynist. Yeah, he's still <laughs> he's still in the room, and yet those checks got sent out. Well, I mean, it, it's it's early morning, you know. <laughs> I know. That's so funny. Where's this crosswalk at? Because <laughs> that looks like Japan. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, they didn't know how the internet worked yet, so they just assumed yeah, they one just random assumed. computer in Smallville. Uh, <laughs> what, what is this? Now, that that's a little clever, but why is that even in this? Really? Right, because this is a kind. This is the kind of slapstick humor. This, this is Ghostbusters humor. No, that's not even Ghostbusters humor. Like Ghostbusters humor makes sense. No, I sense mean like the, 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 the freaking crosswalks. Yeah, yeah, Come on. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like animation. it was like it was like a supernatural. Yeah, thing. that was supernatural. Supernatural. Not that supernatural. This has got nothing to do with Jensen Ackles and dude. Jared I, I just before that show ends, they better cross over Constantine. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I want I want to see Constantine and Castiel meet. I mean, they're so both on the CW. Everyone... Oh, he was, I think he was like going through all the different programs looking for the satellite. Ah, I gotcha. And he was just somehow affecting 
literally everything around the country. But it, apparently he knows latitude and longitude, so he's a genius. It's a pretty dangerous satellite to have. <laughs> he can just, it's a weather satellite that destroys the Earth. But I guess that's also very, like, Lex Luthery. Yeah, to, like, it is. Take control over a satellite. Well, they're definitely setting up that this is somewhere in Colombia. Any other um, thoughts on the new direction of the DC film universe while we're watching I'm not an old movie? One hundred percent happy with a lot of the choices they're making, but in terms of casting, I'm fine. You know, but like I, a detective, uh, finally having a detective. I Batman think having movie. a detective universe is going to build foundation for a really, really strong cinematic universe if they do continue that way. Did we talk a little bit about the Joker? Like, how do you feel about that? I I think it's great. I think they're going to set up. I mean, it's very predictable from the trailer, but but there's apparently uh, some people have seen early drafts of the script, uh-huh. and they said it's not good. It could be horrible. I mean, this that's ever since it was announced, it was it could be either amazing or terrible. Like there's no middle ground. Right? I mean, there's no the there, trailer there's made no it Pat the, Patterson verse yet, right? The trailer, one. no. No, and it's and this is clearly and someone a said that piece. they they assumed that there was a young Bruce Wayne in yeah, the trailer. Yeah, there's the the little boy. He puts his fingers in his mouth to make him smile. That's apparently Bruce Wayne. But how does that? Who got? Where did that come from? Like I just thought it was a random kid. No, like when they cast him, like that kid oh, okay. who was cast was cast as Bruce Wayne because Thomas Wayne is in the movie. Ah, oh, okay. The, the man on television that's talking about like this is not how you know Gotham City is anymore. Men in masks. That's Thomas Wayne. Oh. Well, that makes me even more excited to see it. So, yeah, this is a period piece set in the like, late 70s, early 80s, like in the time period of uh, Superman 3, actually. I and think, uh, you know, the portrayal that Joaquin is doing is going to be amazing. I mean, he's essentially got, you got a Joker that's based off of a background that he has no feeling whatsoever. He doesn't understand it. He's got a, like a detachment or a psychological disorder where he can't interpret emotion. And then, you know, him going to the comedy clubs and having those slight references to, you know, the killing joke I thought was nice, but he doesn't understand humor. He doesn't get the joke, which is why, you know, like you see him and he's looking creepy. He's just detached and doesn't know how to communicate with people. And everybody's like, well, there's scenes with him dancing with his mother and it looks kind of awkward or like we never knew that's his mother. Like we don't know that he was taking care of his mother. It could be his sister. Or his wife, or like someone important, but just saying the the scene when he's smiling, something happened to him, and he finally breaks, breaks, yeah. and can show one emotion really well. So I'm excited to see that. So apparently, Barbie is in this movie. Yeah, like, well, that's the same. I know, girl but, from earlier. but now she's become you know <laughs> snow snow bunny Barbie. I hope the battery lasts. Oh, we may we may. We may need to we may need to plug this in. Sure. I I don't have a plug, but if you have a plug that fits this, we can check. We can do it. No, it's uh. I mean, yeah, I think so. Oh, this this uh this is the uh, snow skiing scene that often gets that was criticized in the movie. Well, a lot of this doesn't need to be in the movie, but a lot of people really have a problem with uh, this scene. No, it's okay. 
I'll keep this in. We're keeping this in. Our recorder is running out of <laughs> juice. <laughs> and I'm digging through classic gaming systems trying to find. <laughs> <laughs> so the question is, like, why is Gus back in Metropolis? I thought he was supposed to be in Smallville. Perhaps he missed the coffee. <laughs> So, is this the first time Gus has ever seen Superman? Like, he he does live in Metropolis. So, uh, Webster that totally wasn't innuendo for anything. Webster doesn't uh, <laughs> look happy with this scene either. Oh, so this is a. Uh, this is them figuring out well, we have to stop Superman because Superman stopped the, the satellite. Right. This is where he decides, you're going to create kryptonite for me. Here's so the maybe the reason he hasn't ever seen Superman is because he's just not in that part of the neighborhood. Maybe. And another di- diversity conversation to have about the show. Because <laughs> Superman doesn't. That's another thing. Like Batman, I want to see a Batman movie where like he he takes on like you know police corruption and <laughs> yeah, that would be great. you know what I mean and 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 uh, racism, and, well, systematic. I, racism. I wonder, you know, if they're doing the detective route, if they're doing an intro to to Zaz like they originally planned years ago. Well, Victor, Zaz is in the Birds of Prey movie, right? Well, so. I was wondering if. You know, because I don't know what his origin is, or even Hush, one of these characters that could have been a police officer. Hush, the problem with Hush is that your whole thing is Jason Todd is the Joker. Right, true. <laughs> you can't do Hush. True. And that's I, the thing. Like, if you have, if you haven't been listening to these episodes, Adam's biggest DC Universe conspiracy theory is Jared Leto is actually Jason Todd. Jason Todd. Yeah. Well, is that it, your own no, fan theory? I don't. Did you... I didn't say Jason Todd. I actually think he's Dick Grayson. Oh, that's even dumber. <laughs> I know. Well, I, th- I thought they bypassed Jason Todd because there's only one set of only. Robin armor in the, the yeah, Batcave. The only Robin armor that he ever displays was Jason's, though. True. That's true. Yeah. He never displayed all the Robin. Costumes. I just saying, you know, no, that, I, I would I, say it was Jason Todd. Yeah. But make it Jason Todd because like I actually it, like Dick Grayson and the idea that Jared Leto is Dick Grayson would fills make me with sad. dread. <laughs> well, but if he is Dick Grayson... Yeah, it would explain that's why really he's so messed up versus Jason Todd. Yeah, maybe. And especially if he had to deal with Joaquin's Joker, like that would you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if if Joaquin Phoenix's Joker goes as crazy and dark as I think he could, it would really set that up. But you know, how do you think Gus Gorman survived? 20 story drop on skis building on just skis because it's richard Pryor. you know that's my least and we'll talk about this if we ever get to the dark knight because who knows but well they're they're now on on like bugs bunny ish yeah slapstick so i think we give it up and he's smoking two cigarettes so (laughs) but the one the one scene that i i never liked in the dark knight is when joker throws maggie out the window Oh, he actually locked on to kryptonite in space wow well this is how he's going to figure out how to remake it and then he's unknown 0.5 percent and then that's the Right. cigarettes that's why he's smoking them but um in the dark night when joker throws maggie gyllenhaal out the window and and batman goes after her uh-huh i never understood why he doesn't just shoot his grappling hook 
right? right? Like the whole idea that he grabs her and then they actually both fall like a thousand stories to the ground and they're okay. Like it doesn't make any, for Christopher Nolan, like everything must be realistic. True. Like shoot his grappling hook and swing away. That's awesome. Like you've never really seen Batman swinging through the, you know, skyline of, of Gotham. Because it was built to do that. And and just so like him just kind of like grabbing her and then they just tumble to to the ground. I always thought like that's the one scene that I always like reshoot it. Yeah, make that make him grab her and then shoot off his grappling hook somewhere. Yeah, they didn't use the the grappling hook enough. I mean, they use it like once in a while to like just go off. Even in Justice League, <laughs> like occasionally. Justice League, I feel like a couple he, times he they use it, it. They used it in a in the way Batman uses his grappling hook, right? You know? Like I remember the first time I saw Batman Forever, and he swings in, the, in his yeah. intro. I was like, "Oh my God!" You can see Batman swinging on his. That was amazing. Because well, I mean, you, that was also Michael Keaton too. Because well, Keaton that was no Batman Forever. One. That was. But um, I'm saying you know, like, the time when he used the grappling gun to tie up. Uh, I forgot what's her name, the actress now. Michelle Pfeiffer. No, the first one. Oh, Vicky Vale. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how much do you weigh? Yeah. 108, I think. But at least he used it. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like, there's references to the using the grappling hook. Yeah. You weigh more than 108. That's that's the scene that they uh, parody in Mallrats with uh, Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith when he's uh, playing Blunt Man and Chronic. Yeah. Blunt Man. But yeah, the... The game is still coming, guys. Just let you know. I want... Uh, I want more swinging, swinging around because people, you know, like, of course you associate Spider-Man with swinging around, but that's something that Batman does in all the, right. Well, I mean, that's why they're they're parallels, right? That's how he gets around more, more than that. He doesn't really drive around that much. He's always perching on the rooftops. And like in the, in the movies, he's always just driving his Batmobile everywhere, but really he's like on a rooftop and he swings to another I think there, there needs to be some things with Batman in the cinematic universe. So All you merchandising freaks, you know, like we don't need a Batmobile every year. Yeah, no, I have enough of them. Please, please, no more, no more Batmobiles. I have too many. What would you? Um, so we talked about the Batman and how it's kind of taking the long Halloween, and it's not an origin movie. It's like Batman solving a mystery. I think that'd be really. cool. What would your ideal the Superman movie be? Let's say that you know Man wanted, of Steel, Batman versus Superman. Back to Superboy. So do so you would make the Superman be about? I, the I would Superboy. use my timeline thing. I know I'm. I'm What's your timeline thing about Bruce being oh. a relevant hero and being in the public to also kind of give Superman something to look up to, or at least really Clark. I, I feel like you know. Well, not, you know, not even in that way, but but I'm you know, but no, like that's the actually side. The timeline, the timeline of the current DCEU doesn't make sense either because Batman has been Batman for 20 years. 20 years. Because the he idea should have but, influenced some. Somehow. But I like the idea that Superman is the original superhero. I do like that. Like actual superhero. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. even though Wonder Woman was But if they're closer in age, years. you know, like, like using Clark being an investigative reporter mm-hmm. and you have a detective, right? So let's say you cast Henry, either Henry Golding or KJ Appa uh-huh. as, as, as Clark Kent Superman. Having them investigate each other, which is reminiscent to the original animated series, at least, which I thought was fun. Which is what, you know, the ultimate cut of Batman Superman tried to do Uh to less effect. But I like that, you know, if Flash, even if Flashpoint did create this universe, he would tell Batman, like, he can't see through lead. 
And he would mm. realign his <laughs> his mask with lead. <laughs> you know, it's almost like you could use Flashpoint instead of like um, changing the timeline, like opening up portals to parallel universes, mm-hmm. and then it's almost like Crisis, Crisis where you're taking Earth, you're yeah. taking it's less Flashpoint, more Crisis, where you're taking all these different Earths or different like versions of these mm-hmm. heroes and blend them together, right? So that maybe you know you bring in Grant Gustin. As the, That's you know, because right. the, the Flash TV show is on its last legs. Like, I don't True. feel like there's many seasons left. Like, Arrow's ending next year. So, like, you take, like, and they're doing Crisis on TV next year. CW, if you want to fix uh, your Flash TV show, hire me and Keith. Yeah, basically. Yes, if you're listening. We, we, we need Brothers. to be on the writer's room. <laughs> we, I know you guys follow But you could Netflix. do, you could, can you imagine Pretty. a massive, like, Crisis on Infinite Earths that, that takes the live action TV, the live action films. And just starts fixing just them. blends it all together so that it's one cohesive, cohesive thing. Yeah. And then, and that that fixes like the timeline stuff where like, you know, one Batman's twenty years older, and then Robert Pattinson is clearly not. Well, yeah, they're older. definitely referencing stuff in the new Batwoman as well. Oh, what do you mean? I feel like there is referencing to like what though to the movie verse, which is. I mean, they're they're definitely using Affleck's cowl in the costume. I saw that, but the costume itself is it's not, their yeah. own. Well, I mean, I, it looks better than Gotham's bat suit, right? But I like that they're saying that he left, and it's it's more like the Nolan verse, which is what I assume. Oh, is that what you're saying? Like, yeah, the, they're kind of. I really hate that on. you're making her a cousin, though, guys. Really, Kate Kate Kane's not a cousin in the comics, right? Not a cousin in the comic. Why? Why would Kate Kane be related? Like, are we going into the the relatives of Batman? Stuff well, that... I think they're trying to make it parallel to Supergirl. Yeah, it's a parallel to Supergirl, but it's yeah. really. Sorry, that wasn't a very creative way to do it. But what did you think of the trailer for Batwoman? I would be down with Kate Kane being somehow related to Mercy. Why Mercy? Even a, even Mercy would have been an interesting Batwoman choice. Like, <laughs> what you're now you're, you're <laughs> off the rails now. Just a character that would not be uh, characterized to be a hero. Does Mercy exist in Supergirl? She doesn't. Yet, I don't believe. I haven't seen the most recent season, so I have to catch up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm really behind on. Uh... Supergirl, I, I've foregone watching anything but Flash and watching everything else in binge. Yeah, I just I I literally only watch, I I watched the finale of Flash, so I'm I'm behind on every other DC show and even the streaming ones. I haven't finished Doom oh, Patrol. I, I haven't watched the last episode yet of Flash. Yeah, yeah is, right. is that that's one? I I don't know if there was another episode after the Thon. Thon what? The in the future the fight with Thon. No, that's that was the finale. Guys, you suck. Why you didn't know that was the finale? Oh, and then and then excess Nora is gone. Yeah, but that's that the was finale. the finale. That was the finale. Could have done one more. Eh, I don't know. I wasn't a fan of the season, to be honest. And and I'm still. I haven't finished um, Arrow. I haven't finished Supergirl. There's so many high points throughout the series of Flash. And you know what? I actually like Sherlock. I did not. <laughs> I mean, if that was his character from the beginning, it would be amazing. Have Sherlock Holmes. But that was another reference to Batman, which I kept thinking would be fun. Yeah. There's a lot of nothing happening in this movie. I'm not even. Oh, this is he's been exposed to the he's going to he's going to turn into bad Superman soon. Yep. He's like, I don't care because I'm now 
Red K. Clark. This is probably the weirdest scene. Yeah, but it's also like I, you know, I said earlier, like one of the most iconic aspects of Superman three is evil Superman. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And it's it's also it's like in Smallville, like it gives Tom Welling a chance to act differently, like Red K. Clark. Right. This is basically Red K. Clark, you know, and and, and it's ironic because he's macking on his mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> creepy. I don't remember if um did did Martha ever have any scenes with uh Doctor Swan on Smallville? I guess not, because it was only the only two scenes Chris Reeve ever shared was with uh Tom yep. Welling and then uh John Glover. John Glover. did one episode. Those were great scenes. Doctor Swan was great. I still and I like that you know Christopher that. Reeve played like Stephen Hawking's yeah character like Rosetta the episode that introduced. Reeve into the Smallville is still my favorite episode of Smallville. It's still one of the best, yeah. Like I remember it. I like. Oh wow, that's the episode Ooh. season two of Smallville. That's that, a legit. <laughs> that's that's like the the. Uh, that's not even a stunt. That's, that's like the eighteen wheeler flipping in the Dark Knight. No, but the scene that that episode of Rosetta is that's the moment I decided Smallville was my favorite television show of all time. <laughs> like when 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 Clark comes into Doctor Swan's office and and he gives him the download on Krypton and. You hear John Williams' score playing in the That's background. That's really cool. That was... Yeah. Oh, here's the uh, Leaning Tower of Pisa gag. Oh, my God. With a clear... Like, clearly, like, uh, green-screened... Yeah. <laughs> they, they weren't able to... Well, this time it would have been uh, blue screen. Blue screen, first, I guess. The first yeah. use is a blue screen. Why does, like, this Superman decide to fly to shot, Italy, though? though? Like, to do it, this? I have no idea. He, he was just in Kansas, and now he's like, I'm going to go push the Leaning Tower pieces the other way. Other than Richard Lester thought this was funny, I guess. Or the Newmans thought this was funny. We'll see this in the next Superman movie, but I think it's the next Superman movie. It's Superman 4 where <laughs> the uh, Great Wall of China gets a hole blown into it. Really? And then... I don't even remember that. But then Superman fixes it with, like, he's got... um. New, remember how he got all these new powers in Superman 2? Right. <laughs> he has brand new powers in Superman 4 that he's able to stare at the Great Wall of China and fix the hole by staring at it. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Photographic yeah. memory power. Yeah. We can't wait to uh... Yeah, this was their this was this is actually a very Lutheran plot to like it is. create kryptonite. Again, because I'm sure Wagner was supposed to be or Webster was supposed to be like, Lex Luthor. I like how bad her push-ups are. Where did they ever explain where Lex is during this whole thing? Is he just nope. in jail? Like He's in jail. what? Like if I'm Lex Luthor, I'm watching this. There's a rando doing all these things, and I'd be like, "You're biting my uh, style, man!" Like this is this is what it would I be do. interesting <laughs> if Lex did show up, but yeah. If I were to if I were, if if I were to write a Superman comic, I would come up with a way wow. to bring in Webster as an actual like supervillain. This is a interesting use of someone else's footage. <laughs> I think it's just stock. Is this a coronation? No, it's like the Olympics. Oh, the Olympics. 
or yeah, it's the Olympics. Oh, we're, we're and then, pulling, oh, that's right. Superman blows out the Olympic torch. Yeah, we're, we're pull, yeah, we're pulling out the Monty Python stuff too. I, I would love to see just Superman just run by him. Well, no, he's going to blow out the torch because he's just a saying. jerk. This, remember, we talked about Super Dickery, and uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of that is this is the basis for most of like that. And you you notice his costume's getting darker as a uh, as the movie goes on. It, at one point, it gets so dark it looks like Henry Cavill's Superman. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, it's because it's like a check it out. navy blue and maroon instead of red and blue. You know, like a Bizarro Superman. Almost, almost. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool to see Reeve play a jerk because he's so earnest as Superman. Yeah, it'd be like Bizarro hate, nice Superman. Well, and they kind of, and that's part of the uh, the climax when Clark fights himself. It's like. You know, Superman versus evil Superman. It's almost like Superman fighting Bizarro. Yeah, the big twist is that their version of Tessmacher is actually a genius. It's crazy. She's just pretending to be stupid. I like that. See? That's why she's there. Yeah. It's not, I mean, Tessmacher was like that, too. I mean, what she was... What is this set? This is amazing. <laughs> Although I don't, I'm not big on the plush carpets, but the actual like that it turns into the map of the world. It's very Bond. Yeah, James Bond well, came out said this, this year, year too. Yeah, yeah, it was Roger Moore too, right? Yeah, the Never Say Never. And, that, and actually, he has Bond, a Bond-esque uh, look to him, right? Yeah, Bond villain. And you know, that's the whole thing. Like the Roger Moore Bond movies were also very campy. They were like compared to uh, yes uh, Connery, and then later Pierce Brosnan. You know, like I still want that movie to happen. Which one? I wanted them to explain that it's just a name. Oh, and it just gets passed down. No, and bring back. Um, I'm forgetting my Bonds now. Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan as the villain. Oh, as like a former 007. A former 007 who had enough, or actually have him come after Daniel Craig because. Daniel Craig seems like the only Bond that actually has lost his. Shit. Oh, excuse me again, lost his stuff. It's too late. <laughs> we'll just we'll just put an explicit in front of this one. Just don't say the F word. We'll be fine. No, we don't. I don't use that word. That's. I mean, that could be cool. I I would like to see that. Like Pierce Brosnan is the bad guy. In I, I that was actually like my film thesis. Like I want. Like I wrote the script for it. Oh really? <laughs> as a student film. Like I kind of want them in the next Spider-Man movie to cast toby as uncle ben well there's a interesting rumor that they're bringing back all the spider-mans all the spider because of the multiverse because of the multiverse yeah so spider-man sure okay whatever it would be fun yeah i'm sure it'd be fun i'd i mean i'd look it would be a great way to pull in the goblin into the spider-man defoe's goblin could come back and they'd be like hey where have you been under the ocean i like the idea of taking <laughs> the classic actors and recasting them though it's like I like do. taking that old tool and playing having so, her play martha yeah i just like the idea of like toby playing uncle ben like they do a flashback and it's toby yeah that could be saying you know with great that could power. be good too and then because we don't know what uncle ben looks like in the mcu we've True. never seen uncle ben and and you know a de-aged uh aunt may opens it up for not yeah, so old agreed. uncle ben and then think no, about with you on that 100%. ben ben would have died like four years ago right, right. 
roughly. So he would have been in his, or no, I guess, but he would have been in his forties. Yeah, and but even more, even longer ago, because now Spider Man takes place in twenty twenty three because of Endgame. Right. Oh, sorry, Avenger spoilers, but now the MCU is five years in the future, and so to think to think when he died, when Uncle Ben died, mm-hmm. he could have been Toby's age. That's right. So that would work. So cast Toby Maguire. <laughs> That's my next thing. Toby Maguire as Uncle Ben. I can I can be down for that. And then maybe you can cast Andrew Garfield as the Green Goblin. Yeah, other person Toby Maguire could play as Hank Pym. Well, they already have Hank Pym. A younger Hank Pym. They already have a young Hank Pym. Oh, yeah. It's also Michael Douglas. It's also Michael Douglas. <laughs> just de-age him computer. Multiverse, multiverse. Yeah. Well, but apparently Far From Home is the last Spider-Man movie in, in the, the contract yeah. that Sony did with Marvel. Mm-hmm. So they would have to re-up their contract. There's a plan already. I'm sure they will. Yeah. Um, they're trying to bring in Venom too. But that's the thing. Like, will Sony, now that Sony has, a, a, you know, they, they have a successful Venom movie. They're doing a Morpheus, Morbius movie. Yep. They're, with, they're with basically, Leto. yeah, they're basically building <laughs> their own Spider-Verse without Spider-Man. Would they just say, you know, screw it? We're, we're gonna. I, this is a DC cast. We're talking about Marvel. Well, but but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. I mean, but, but would Sony say, screw it? We're not, you know, you've given us cachet now. Yep. We're gonna keep Tom Holland for ourselves, and you can't have him anymore. Would they just Which do okay a big to go F- back to Andrew Garfield? Would they do a big no? But would they do? Would Sony do a big fu to Marvel and say, we're gonna put, we're gonna continue making Spider-Man movies on our own? That could be interesting. And take the continuity, quote unquote. Well, a lot of people didn't realize uh, the. The last Spider-Man game that came out on the, the PS4. PS4 is the story that they had planned on putting in the next film. The next Andrew, the, the third the Andrew, Garfield third Andrew Garfield. Oh, is that right? And they merged the next three films into one game. So they set up Miles Morales, and they set up, you know, Doc Octavius. Well, they were going for like a Sinister Six because you remember, they went, in, they, and in, they did it in the game. In so uh, Sinister Six, with Amazing all the Two, they showed up. they showed the all of like the yep. Vulture's wings and the rhinos. Mm-hmm. And then they went and explained that it was all created by Octavius for Oscorp, which is good. And he united them all. This movie's She's long. very Harley. This is so long. If if my recorder dies before this movie's over, it's fine. <laughs> I don't honestly I, I don't we, know I don't tweet at us, email us dctvclassics at gmail.com, tweet at us at dctvclassics. When we do these uh commentaries do you enjoy it one yes do you enjoy it and two do you actually watch along with this like we're here killing ourselves making sure that we get to watch the movie and if no one actually watches is it even worth it please let us know at dctv classics but do you notice how the uh, superman suit is now yeah navy and maroon it's really interesting it's basically brandon ralph henry cowell's yeah pretty superman much the color. whole colors th- thing Especially Brandon Routh. Brandon Routh really had like Wait, a maroon. I mean, is this shape. just saying that you know Superman's actually just incredibly into his hormones? Well, that's yeah. It's red. That, it's like Red K. Clark. He's he's powered well, by his. Like, I'm saying id. he's he, pure id now. It's just interesting. I, I like that he's gruffy. But you know, th- I feel like that's the one fundamental thing that everyone who does a Superman story. It's like this new movie that's coming out now, Brightburn. Like. Yeah. They only can imagine an evil Superman story. Like that's true. Why? What? What's? Why? Why does everything have to devolve to like? What if Superman was bad? Because I think I guess part of it is that he's so the powerful. The fear of of a powerful the fear of a titan. Yeah. But you know, it's like every like 
even the Christopher Reeve ones went with a what if Superman was bad. Henry Cavill, like Batman versus Superman, the whole premise of that movie is what if Superman was bad. Right. I have to admit that this scene, the practical effects are amazing. As much as I dislike Superman Returns, that's the only one that didn't posit what if Superman was bad. Although, he actually acts the worst. That's right. He actually acts like a bad guy in Superman Returns. Like he's a stalker. That's true. He's like... (laughs) He's creepy. He's creepy. You know what I mean? He's like a peeping Tom in front of Lois's house. He wrecks her marriage with uh, with Cyclops. Yeah, that was weird. Like that's not Superman wouldn't do that. And he and then clearly he he date raped Lois and made her have a baby that she didn't she didn't yeah, know was his. That was pretty bad. But other than that, <laughs> at least Brandon plays Superman earnestly. True. But he also abandoned Earth for five years too. So screw you, Brandon Roth Superman. But yeah, that's, those are all the live action. I mean, even, wow. well, no, I was going even Smallville with the red K mm-hmm. has the whole evil Superman. That's true. So, I guess um, Superman on Supergirl has never been evil. No, that's not true. In Crisis, he was evil. He was evil. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah. he's still one of my favorite Supermen. Yeah, Tyler Hecklin's a great Superman. He 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 looks alien, in the best way. He's possible. a little, still a little too skinny. I think eh. a little skinny, a little short. Superman. If they would cast him longer, but didn't they say they're finally considering having it be its own series? What Superman? Yeah, I, I don't. Know. I have heard. You hear a lot of things, Adam, that I don't know ever pan out to be true. <laughs> I, I watch. I get a I'm, lot of Facebook updates. I was gonna say like too much fake news in your timeline, dude. It's possible because <laughs> you sometimes you'll like call me up or like, hey, well, they're saying that CW is considering that with Batwoman and Supergirl continuity, but I'm. Mm. I'm sure there's lots of discussions over at Warner Brothers about what's going on. Well, you know, I wonder. I wonder if Crisis, like we were talking about, how Crisis is going to could. Oh, here comes the Superman in the bar. But you know, we talk a lot is that about same trucker there, <laughs> the one he beats up. <laughs> that was in Alaska. Um, but you know, how we talk a lot about how we could do a Crisis that blends all the live action together. I wonder if the Crisis mm-hmm. crossover on TV next year is. Gonna, how they blend all the TV universes together. Although, I hope so. We really need Black Lightning. Well, I was going to say, they announced the shows that are involved, and Black Lightning's not involved, and the DC Universe shows still aren't involved. So I hate to say it, you know, you guys at CW are kind of cowards. But, you know, I wonder how much of the Black... You know, a lot of people... Black Lightning is real. It feels real. Well, yeah, I think a lot of it is the Akils say they don't, they don't want to be part of the Arrowverse, just because, because the they, want, they want to have their own... <laughs> they don't have to want to worry about other True. people's shows, which is that. fair. I get know? that. I just think it's more of them worried about having an actual, like, very colorful character. <laughs> you think it's the other way around? Who also isn't afraid to kill people. Yeah. But I want, you know, like, it could it could be that. I can't wait to see season two. I, I have to catch up. Even if Lightning's not in the crossover, I wonder if it does set the stage that you know, even, you know, because you can, you can only have so many shows involved in your crossover. That's true. That it sets the stage that, like, it brings in Kara's Earth. I mean, they could at least bring and the, in And the, they can Lightning. allude to the fact that you Black know? Lightning is part of it now without actually having him in the show, without yeah. actually having them in the crossover. So that that way Black Lightning can still exist, tell its own stories. But we know in the back of our minds that Freeland is still in the same world that Star City is and right. Central City is. Like, they're just... 
They just don't talk. They just don't it. talk about it. But like maybe you can make a casual reference in the Flash about Freeland, and then you're like, oh, okay, because we already know Batman exists in the Earth Prime. Right. It's all about bringing Kara's Earth into their. I just want them to say Freeland's Baltimore. Is that based? I thought it was Atlanta. I thought so too, but every time I see them, they talk about the twelve o'clock boys in a few episodes. I'm like, it's dumb. I mean, it's it's shot in Atlanta. I mean, it could be, it could be Baltimore esque. There is that's the classic bad Superman. He's gonna start flicking peanuts into the mirror soon. Okay, what's hilarious is I've always thought that was Ben Affleck. What do you mean? You thought that was? Ben I've Affleck. never seen this scene. But you've seen the, these images because of the angle. I didn't know it was Christopher Reeve. I always thought it was scenes from when Ben Affleck was playing Superman. He oh, was, in in, uh, in, yeah. in in Hollywood Lane? And he looks like Affleck. kind of, a little bit. No, it doesn't. It's just that one angle, it's especially with the drawn on. Oh, that's a cool shot, actually. The warping of the mirror. I know that's, I think that's the first time they've ever used heat vision and didn't do the red the laser, laser beam um, animation. So, do you think the suit's darker just because it's dirty? <laughs> I thought about that. Or is it like as he's, he's as he becomes more evil, the suit gets darker? Ricky, you need to listen to your mother. So his is the kid's last name Lang too. I would assume Ricky Lang. Unless he took unless he took his dad's name. <laughs> the it's interesting that his hair is actually getting browner i saw that that because christopher reeve is actually naturally brown haired yeah. like he paints his hair black to be superman all the shoe wax yeah okay no offense to this kid but his line reading is terrible <laughs> yeah I like that he's getting teary-eyed, though. Well, this is, like, eventually he's going to be split into two and fights himself. Which is actually pretty cool. Oh, and here's the, yeah, in the in the dump. We're not talking anymore, so this is the most affecting part of the movie. Yeah, well, actually, I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> we're actually watching Christopher Reeves' actual acting. Sorry, it, it was good enough to make me stop. Yeah, well, that, I mean, he was—he's probably the best actor who's ever played Superman, bar none. I mean, he's a Juilliard graduate. He was best friends with Robin Williams at Juilliard. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, I how remember that story about when he fell off the horse and Robin was Robin came to cheer him up. I don't quite remember how exactly he splits, like what causes the... Well, I mean, this is like the, the crazy-ass red and blue Superman mm-hmm. in the comic book, which I still don't get how it happened. <laughs> how he became I always thought like, it was two, electric cool, two really cool electric Superman characters, though. I thought the designs were cool. Is the premise that this is kind of like a personification of Clark is the true... The true Superman. Person. Yeah. His goodness as Clark Kent. I think Christopher Reeve, with this look, though, as Superman, is, this dark Superman is everything that Henry Cavill is. Mm-hmm. Referencing. 
even the, the expressions. That's cool. And that, you know, but that, like, Clark taking it, that's very Superman, too. It is. He knows. He knows that but he's he still, done something he still, bad. He will still, no, but, he, but he's he stands also taking it. it. He'll take the punch because. You just drop him in acid. Yeah. He turns into Joker. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Comes out with green hair and white skin. A Joker Superman. It's been done, right? Yeah. Oh, that's that's messed up, Superman. Oh, so this Clark Kent still has Superman's powers at least. Right. Oh, okay. I thought he was just Clark Kent. Because he took he just took an acid bath and it's fine. <laughs> I, I like that he's pulling out the New York accent. It's like, oh, he's getting too warm for you. Eh? <laughs> yeah, the worst part of the uh, live in front of a studio audience all in the family is Woody Harrelson's Archie oh. Bunker accent. It was terrible. Uh, it's Woody Harrelson. Yeah, he was miscast. Because like, Woody Harrelson's like a Texan. Yeah. So his, his Queen's accent didn't work. I, he, Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg would be great. As Archie Bunker. Yeah. And I was I thought Jamie Foxx was too tall to play George Jefferson. Because one of the things about George yeah, is that he's got short. like a short guy's complex. But he worked. He was really he was really you should check it out. I, I'm sure I'm it's on watch it. It's on Hulu or whatever. Definitely gonna watch it. You know what? That looks legit. Like they were really dropping stuff on. I wonder how many <laughs> fake props or rubber props they made. I can see a lot of budget going into this that. This is another scene I remember being scared as a kid when they were This would terrify it. me, man. Yeah. This was this was scarier than the trash compact in Star Holy Wars. Holy crap. That looks because, so scary. Because in Star Wars, you never actually see the walls closing in on them, really. Yeah. Like, you see it moving, but it doesn't actually close in on them. I mean, this is impressive special effects. Period. Yeah, this scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. Look at this. It looks so real, dude. <laughs> This and everybody, then, this is better special effects than most of the common movies I've seen. This and then Cyborg Vera later. They must the have things. hired like John Carpenter or someone to get the the horror effects done. I think this is when like the true Superman comes out, though. That's right. I really like this. This Superman is an amazing Superman. scene. So what? Well, I think no shade to Richard Pryor, but I think. What we're saying is that everything Superman's in in this movie is the best part of Superman 3. Yeah. Actually, I think it's the best representation so far. But that said, if the Richard Pryor stuff was its own movie, mm-hmm. I would love that movie. Agreed. Like a, a movie about Richard Pryor. Living in like, Superman's universe. Not not even that. Not, not even that. Just like a, if the movie itself was about Richard Pryor scamming the company he works for. <laughs> that would be a that, fun movie. That, wow. That was pretty amazing, dude. They destroyed they the, the tires. Well, no, I mean they they freeze dried the tires or something to get the get them to shatter that way. That was less impressive. <laughs> that was a special but effect. It, that still looks <laughs> rather well done. I like that. It looks like he dug a hole though. This is really like impressive, and. Like really the way well they built shot. Tension. Yeah. yeah. And then you really root the, for Clark. the music being light too, not overly dramatic is mm-hmm. interesting. Oh, why'd you kick Clark? 
It's like, is that all it took to exhaust Clark? It makes you wonder why they've never done like actual Bizarro as a bad guy in the movie verse. Because if yeah, if you yeah. all if like if your complaint is that like Superman never gets to fight a character Superman. that's equal in power, like why has Bizarro never been the bad guy? It's always true. Lex Luthor's the bad guy. I mean, I guess Zod. I mean, that was the thing about you know right Superman two and and Man of Steel. Well, see, like, you know that's why I keep hoping to see Darkseid in the movie verse, but that's not going to happen, I guess. They should have just done Darkseid and Justice League and been done. Well, that was the plan. It was supposed to be a two-parter. Yeah. And they. I mean, they should have just never done his Harold. Steppenwolf. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Steppenwolf isn't like the greatest. <laughs> but you know, I bet they were thinking like like Loki. You know, like Loki yeah. before the MCU was never. The problem is they keep trying to bounce off of each other. I'm like, just stop doing that. Make yeah, it... stop stop being Marvel. Right, right. Yeah. But then you know what I mean? Like Loki was not a household name. Not at all. When when Avengers came out. And they turn, but that's the thing. That's what's great about MCU is like they are able to turn these no-name characters, like the Guardians, like Loki, like you know, into 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 household names. Like not just interesting, but now like some random kid in the middle of Peoria knows who Loki is, knows who Rocket Raccoon is. That's right. You know, characters that no one really cared about before the, were exactly. jokes. And that's like I guess they were trying to do that with Seven Wolf, but Seven Wolf is terrible as a and the design was horrible. The design is horrible. His his the like Superman choking himself out. So I guess like, in order to be Superman, he has to kill the evil the bad ninja. side of him. And now was I, that the scene that they were referencing? And when he went when the, against Zod, the anthem. This is we get the shirt rip. This is one of the best shirt rips. In this is the one that's classic. Yep. When you when when they whenever you see like a Superman shirt rip on like Twitter or in a GIF. It's from so he scene. went to the junkyard, got dirty, and then came out with a clean shirt. And then, like, they're still playing into the whole fact that Metropolis is New York. Like, they're not even disguising the fact that the Statue of Liberty and the Twin Towers are in Metropolis. I mean, so I thought that was always supposed to be, like, the real parallel. That it's New York. Yeah. And then in Batman Forever, there's also a Lady Liberty because they, is they which is like Gotham City is also New York. Like, not every ba- major DC city has to be New York City, guys. Oh, so now he's cleaning up all the stuff that he. Like, Everybody's like, "We forgive you." Yeah, Superman's back. I think he's going to like re relight the Olympic torch. He's going to uh, push the Leaning Tower pizza over. Again. It's amazing that they shot the scene on the floor, and they just turned the film. It's pretty cool. By the way, I did realize that we're watching this on widescreen, in letterbox format. It Why wouldn't it not be? originally shot in letterbox? Why wouldn't it have been? I don't believe it was. I mean, it was it was theatrically distributed, so it had to. Have been I guess it may have been. I mean, most of us when we watched it was in four by three because most of us watched it on television. Yeah, true. Oh, I thought he was supposed to fix the Leaning Tower of Pisa, but I guess he does that later. Oh, that's the classic image of Clark as Superman. Or Chris mm-hmm. Farid as Superman. Oh, this is where we get the cyborg lady. But it's hilarious that they're like, if you want to find us, here we are. <laughs> Very Lex Luthor-like again. Oh, there's the balloons. Another Lex Luthor thing. <laughs> Remember Superman 2? Yeah. They're in a hot air balloon. 
It's a true sequel to Lex because it's two balloons or three. I don't remember what their what's their thing now. What are they doing? I have no idea. <laughs> I just don't believe oh, I, a man can fly. That's a that's a play on the uh, the the tag for the first movie. You will believe a man can fly. That's right. That's probably the smartest bit of writing in this whole movie. <laughs> Is that joke? At least it's the smartest joke in the movie. I'm kind of believing the plausibility of these contraptions right now. This feels like an IMAX movie. There at the Grand Canyon. He's taking a donkey. Richard Pryor's hilarious. It's a wonder why this movie wasn't a bigger hit in 1983. Yeah. But you know, it's funny as it feels like three movies. Well, like it's definitely the same time. The Superman, the Superman kind of uh, dealing with his own, you know, ego versus id i mean was there a bigger drug thing going on at this time that i'm aware of why i don't know it just feels like you have to be on it to to be high well it's not that weird like the like i was saying earlier the richard Pryor movie would be a great standalone movie where it's just about richard Pryor scamming his company yeah i want to watch that movie right it's like trading places with murphy and and dan Aykroyd. the the superman versus superman stuff like all the stuff about lana and 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 you know clark rediscovering like what it means to be superman that all that stuff is great this uh webster stuff i could do without there's the bat cave <laughs> maybe maybe it's the same set it does look like the same set from the 60s it is it looks like the bat cave it looks like, i mean I'm, it's the I'm, bat computer i'm wow dude that so looks like batman that's a better bat cave than they've ever shown in any of the batman movies <laughs> this is amazing this has to be a miniature Who's your which which uh, Batcave is your favorite? Which live action Batcave? Ooh. Keaton's Batcave. Keaton's Batcave is pretty good. Kilmer's Batcave. But, is yeah. Kilmer and Clooney's Batcave different, or does Those it look slightly different? Is it slightly different? And then uh, there's a. Ba- I didn't really like. This Bale I, didn't really have I a didn't Batcave. Love Batman Forever's designs at all. Yeah, I hated the design. The Geiger. Have, have you seen the um, actual HR Geiger designed Batmobile from Batman it was Forever? Cool. You thought that was cool? I thought that was weird. <laughs> weird. Um, I, I I just think H.R. Geiger stuff shouldn't be in DC Comics. Yeah. I was just thinking like an alternate universe if Batman was a villain. Right. Or an alien. It would be cool. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, it looks alien. Um, uh, Bale that's, didn't, the, that's the next Brightburn, guys. We're, we're doing the Batman a, is an, an evil alien. Batman. Uh, bat, bat, by, Bale's by, Batcave. By Keith Chow and, and Adam yeah, Starcaster. Bale's Batcave, like he didn't really, like the first movie was, it was cool when they were building it, but we never actually saw like the full on Batcave right. in the Nolan movies. Like you see a little bit of it in Rises, mm-hmm. but it's just one computer on like a ledge. <laughs> it's like, what happened to all of the, you know, oh. reinforcements in the left east corner or whatever, you know, like. I don't know. And then, and then because Dark Knight, it was in, in like, this. this like basement loft. Are those missiles? Yeah. I don't know what's happening. This is, I'm talking you, about Christian Bale right now. Yeah, but I, you, were, you said the recut about him taking the nuclear weapons to space. That was the second movie. The second movie. Or the first movie. The, yeah. Any of this from the same shot? I'm uh, just curious. Who knows? Um, And then Affleck's back. Affleck had a cool back cave, I guess. They don't show enough. It didn't really look like a cave, though. Like, 
the Affleck cave. It was just like a big red room. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, I think Keaton had the best the ba- bat cave. I think the Titans universe had a, a nice bat cave. It's a little too like clean looking to me. It's too like Apple Store looking to me. <laughs> like I think Keaton's is the best combination okay. of like a cave. <laughs> oh wow! Hey, you're a video game developer. How does how does that look for a video game? Pretty darn impressive. That was a I mean, sixteen bit graphics right there. That I would play that game. If you this is sixteen bit graphics before we had them. If you put that game on my phone right now, I would play it. That's pretty fun. Um, it looks like an like Flappy Bird. <laughs> but don't you think like with Keaton, it was enough? Uh, wow, where did they wow. get that angle from? <laughs> if anyone knows who did those digital shots, I'm curious which company did it. But I'm guessing someone at Lucas. You think that's a Lucas Arts thing? Yeah. Was Lucas Arts was that wasn't even around in '83 because they're still uh, doing. A... I'm saying someone who was at Lucas Arts because it looks like something from their era. Um, I love that all these missiles blow up midair though. <laughs> this begs me to bring up a random immature question though. Uh oh. Does Superman fart? They would be superpowered farts. Yeah, I would just be curious what they would do. Well, we saw what a sneeze does. It blows up bowling balls. Yeah. I mean, they were going for humor here. Why didn't they just do that? <laughs> Atari. It was Atari. Atari created the video game computer animation. Uh, I totally believe it. Well, there's sounds the, the, like, that's sounds an Atari, like an Atari. <laughs> there. I wish Did Atari ever make a Superman game? Yeah, they did. I would play there it. There was an Atari Superman game. It's horrible. Uh, it wasn't that? And the Nintendo one was bad too. I guess, like, but at least in the in the Nintendo one, you had to find phone booths. Superman, what was the, what's the only good Superman video game though? Superman's never really had a good video game. There I mean, were, Injustice is probably the only time Superman had. That was a good one, but you know, actually, the Death and Return of Superman is pretty fun. What what platform is that on? It was on the Genesis or the Mega Drive and and Super Nintendo. Oh, okay. They were both decently well done. Beat em up games where you could play four players as the four supermen. Oh, really? Yeah. You could be Steel, Superboy, yeah, Eradicator. Am I missing one? That's it, right? Steel, Look at that. Eradicator. Oh, he's so into the computer. Uh, so, this is, I think, where the Brainiac stuff comes from because they basically turn Vera into a Brainiac. Right. She gets like, she basically becomes a living computer. Is this movie still on? Jesus, how long is this movie? It's running pretty long. Yeah, this is straight up. Like, I want to find out if this is the Batman set. I really want to know because it does look like a lot of stuff they use for the West Batman. Which also makes me wish that we could have gotten Adam West and Linda Carter together to do like a late 70s, early 80s Justice League. Because the timeline works. Did, even did if they just admit that they slept together? I don't know. If Adam West was, you know, he was a little bit older, it kind of works. You mm-hmm. could do like the whole Batman versus Superman with like an older Batman and that w- <laughs> Superman true. and Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. Oh, I would so not mind seeing that. Actually, even Lucy Lawless would be a good Wonder well, Woman. Well, that was always, they always. Yeah. I'm saying now as an older woman, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. I'd she be down could, for that. She could be like Hippolyta. She could make, make, a, make a good Hippolyta. There's some interesting special effects here with this weird digital egg. 
I wonder if this is the same technology that that creates the cellophane Superman S that he throws at Zod. Interesting. <laughs> the trash bag technology. Um, I bet you could take like footage from Batman sixty six. That's an interesting visual. Christopher Reeve Superman and like Linda Carter Wonder Woman and cut it to like the the Justice League trailer or something like that. I'm sure someone's done that actually. Oh wow. Do they have a kryptonite beam? Yeah. How did that happen? This is a this is the freaky stuff that's about to happen, so I don't know if little kids want to watch this part of the movie is what I'm saying. Yeah. (laughs) Because I remember when I was a little kid. This, this scared the crap out of me. Yeah, if you're a little kid, I would turn away because... Uh, oh, this is when uh, Richard Pryor's character, Gus Gorman, realizes, I don't want to be the man that's known for killing Superman. So, That's good that he's got a moral side. He finally has a more He you know, shows a moral code. Um, more power. He sounds like Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> Unlimited. Wow. Well, apparently we have Batman in the movie. <laughs> so there is there is some grappling hook Richard zip Pryor. line action. Um, I like that he zip lined using his belt. That was kind of fun. So we're getting down to the end of the movie. Eventually. I'm curious what 75 and 37 have to be relevant for. I think it's the amount ah. of kryptonite that they're injecting into Superman. I think this was also the idea that like the bigger the computer, the faster the processor. <laughs> like, yeah. Nowadays, it's like I think that was probably the case. This thing what, is a mega computer. Yeah. But I like that it's its own battle station. This would have been a great toy, guys. It looks like um. Can you guys R2-D2. release this as a toy? It looks like R two D two like interfacing with the Death Star. It might be. Uh, Superman three is a long movie. <laughs> I'm and it has tired a, of it. Some amazing sets. The sets are great. You so far you like. All of Webster's office. I love the junkyard. You love the junkyard. You love the bat mo- the bat cave. <laughs> this is the bat cave for sure. Uh, how about the bowling alley? Did you like the bowling alley? <laughs> I mean, the, the country sets. Uh, there's a lot of like very realistic. Oh yeah, you like the uh, the like the factory where the fire happened. The fire was really great. The fact that they, I mean, they really went out of their way to make some amazing looking stunts. Are they? Is he trying to pull off his mustache? I think so. Uh. I think this is this is like a a cross between slapstick and drama, but you know, who knows? I just know this movie's too darn long. <laughs> it is a long movie. <laughs> but oh, I guess why Superman, Superman dude? Really? You knew it was like, gonna go back on. Just move, you know? Move. Just roll. <laughs> I wonder if the idea was that Richard Pryor's character was gonna turn into Brainiac. I think so. Because he's kind of like inside the guts of the computer, but then eventually it becomes the the evil lady. The little rascal. Right. Jackie Cooper's co-star in our game. That's a cool effect, too. It is very much... We mentioned the Emperor earlier, but that's, that's very much like a Palpatine lightning effect. This was 83. This is the year... Yeah, are we going to talk about Star Wars theories for the next film? Anyway. <laughs> this is the year Return of the Jedi came yeah, out. So that's true. I wonder if they used the same effects Probably house. the same effects house. <laughs> Wait, what, what And Star this Wars? is the Ghostbusters. What Star Wars theory? Well, this is a year before Star... Uh, oh, that, that Luke is... What? 
Go for it. I don't know. I don't. I haven't been reading any Star Wars theories. No, Luke's they're evil. All my, they're all my Star Wars theories. Never mind. Yeah. What is it? Luke? 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 Luke Skywalker is really uh, Dick Grayson. Is that what? Well, no. I mean, there was a whole shot in the second movie where he looked like Palpatine when he went to the dark side. Oh, Luke does. Yeah. When he's about to kill Kylo, you mean? Or? Yeah. When he, uh, like I mean, he literally summons like that horrible, <sighs> like the Emperor, and how much in, influence he in makes. In Last still Jedi. Have. Yeah, last what time. scene? What scene does Luke look like? The that Emperor? flashback with Kylo, where he's about to kill Ben. Yeah, from, from Ben's point of view. From Ben's point of view, um, it made me think that. But isn't the whole point that like Ben's point of view and Luke's point of view are neither of them are true, and the truth is somewhere in the middle? Because like in Luke's, that, well, in I, Luke's I flash, that too, but what if, the what if, it, what if it is? What if that whole thing never happened? What if it was just Palpatine using the Force to? Oh, because Force. Palpatine's in the third one. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not actually. Excited that Palpatine's in the third one. I'm I'm okay. I like the idea that my idea for Star Wars was so much better than whatever came out. So it's okay. <laughs> well, that's that's the case for everything. Uh, did you like the Last Jedi? I was okay with it. Yeah, I, there's I, some I, things I, I didn't like about it. What like did you not like? The about Battlestar Galactica stuff. Which is what I don't. The watch majority of the space flights, like we're just out of reach. Oh, that 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 yeah, was dumb, yeah, yeah. guys. Really <laughs> dumb. But everything else was okay. Because my thing about the last, what I what like I you took loved. out an entire planet. In Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you're worried about fuel in space. What I love about The Last Jedi... Oh, here's where she turns into computer lady. What I love about The Last Jedi is the fact that they were like... It's a good thing your daughter left, because this is the part that scared the crap Oh, out you know what? I remember Jedi. this scene. <laughs> um, when I, what she I became loved, a manhunter. Yeah, 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 yeah. More manhunter than Brainiac. What I loved about uh, Last Jedi was that this is it's the Kylo Ren line, like "Let the past die." This is actually really cool. I don't. I've never seen this. And um. And I feel like with the return of J.J. Abrams in the third one, and and Palpatine and everything like that, and the Death Star being in the third one, it's like the whole thing about breaking everything we know about Star Wars and moving forward. Mm-hmm. They've got, they've kind of gone backwards, and it's like, eh, we're not because that's what honestly. Aside from like the racists and the misogynists, the thing there's that a people, lot of you guys, which is there's a lot of them. What a lot of people didn't like about Star Wars was that it broke Star Wars tradition. Right. That's what I loved about it. I thought so too. The idea that like you know there is no pure good, pure evil. You know what I mean? Like there, these people are playing both sides. You know, like DJ's character. I thought that was a great character. The fact that like you know they destroyed the the Jedi. What we know are about they the taking Jedi. a shot of his crotch. Or like, um, you know, Luke failing. Like, I think all these things were great additions to like Star Wars. Yeah, lore. And they were. And I feel like with the third one, they're just kind of going backwards and going, eh, you know, you hated all that stuff. And we we should we should do commentary on Star Wars next after we do these. Yeah, well, that would have to be for a different podcast and yeah. not DC TV classics. That's right. Because <laughs> for Star Wars, yeah, we needed to start a Star Wars podcast. And apparently, all of Superman's powers in his crotch. Well, I don't. Where, where did you get that from? The X-ray was like zooming in on a, like a polygon around yeah. his waistline. I'm like, what? I think they blew their animation budget because this looks corny. Well, this is very reminiscent of the Iron Men, though, or the the giant Iron Giant looking characters from the animated series. Mm-hmm. There's something about it. But yeah, like there's something alien about the technology here. They found the coffee maker. <laughs> that is a Mr. Coffee, for sure. Well, maybe, yeah, yeah. That they just used it. Oh, they they're going to turn yeah, Superman they re- into a re- repurposed it. But that's a Mr. Coffee lid. 
I know because I had this one. <laughs> Is that this battery acid from earlier? Yep. Oh, that's what he was carrying around. That's funny. This is really horrifying if you're a kid. This is weird. Like, is that blood? Whoa. No, it's battery acid. Oh. Isn't it? I don't know. I have no idea what this is. It's ketchup. I'm, I'm seeing how many references to uh, Ghostbusters there are in this movie. Yeah, it looks like it looks like the... These uh, are all shots from Ghostbusters. The pink My slime, guess, the pink the slime from, from, uh, from the Ghostbusters. I guess same effects. People. It just needs some uh, Jackie Wilson in the background. Your love keeps lifting me higher than I've ever <laughs> been lifted before. Wait, it was Mystery Science Theater, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should do Ghostbusters 2 podcast. We can do the uh, the uh, Bobby Brown rap. Oh, my God. I'm about to do it. No. <laughs> too hot to handle. Too, too cold, cold to hold. They, they call the Ghostbusters on the in control. control. Had to throw a party for a bunch of children. Well, all the wild <laughs> slime was under the building. So they packed up, regrouped, got a grip, can't equip. Grab the proton packs in the, the back, back and they, they split. Find out about Vigo, the master of evil. Try to battle my boy. It's not legal. And then I gave my <laughs> wife drugs. In control. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Bobby, we're never going to forgive you, so go away. Uh, I, I, I will always. Although love we Bobby like Brown. that Ghostbuster song, but uh, we don't like you. Speak for yourself. I'll always love Bobby Brown. Even that's blasphemy to, yeah, I know. to, to Whitney Heads, but. I've been a new edition fan from way back. So, it's, why is this movie still on? <laughs> oh, it's it's funny, you know. You know, I'm putting that in the show notes. Okay. Tune in to listen to Keith and Adam, Adam rap. rap the Ghostbusters song. Well, I almost remembered it all. Yeah, I actually haven't heard that song since the movie came out. I bought the the, the, the soundtrack, the, 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 yeah, the, the, the tape. I still have it. It had the uh, Run DMC version of. I love that the one. Ghostbusters. I really love that album. And then uh, Dougie Fresh. Do you remember that? Dougie Fresh. Spirit. Yeah. Somebody hear it. Has I actually, I, thought, uh, I think I, I was that trying to do that for my high school talent show. Spirit? Yeah, <laughs> I fainted. Hey, Richard Pryor's still on. I admittingly admit I fainted on stage at my high school uh, <laughs> talent show audition. <laughs> have, they ever, have they ever brought Gus Gorman into the comics? Because if not, I want to write a Superman comic that with, has with Gus, Gus Gorman. Gorman. That'd be cool. This is the classic... Uh, scene where let's bring him in let's, let's write a superman it. story that has gus gorman yeah we can do that but let's just do gus gorman without superman yeah because he's a character by himself i'm telling you like this movie gets a bad rap for the richard Pryorness of it all but richard Pryor is great in this movie yep it's just he's in like a different movie if you were to turn this into two different movies i would have loved it i mean gus gorman could essentially be the guy who created calculator and all the other super tech villains in some aspect Is Gus Gorman calculator? Who's got what's calculator's true identity? I forgot. Not outside of the TV universe. In the TV universe, he's Felicity's dad, right? Yeah, but I'm thinking, what is, who's calculator's alternate ego? Sorry, guys, it's such a, a a minor character. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't feel like looking it up. <laughs> I think this is the end of the movie. Finally, I hope it is. Oh, he still got us to fix the leading tower of Pisa, though. Um, Gus Gorman, Gus Gorman. Sure, Superman. I don't think Gus Gorman exists in the comics. Is he compressing coal into coal? Can you imagine if Superman just did this all the time? They're like, hey, we can end uh, world hunger. Just 
But then if you just make everything a diamond, it's no longer va- has value. Yeah, well, get rid of it. Yeah, no, Gus Gorman does not exist anywhere other than Superman 3. Yeah. So it's up to us. Who to, is the identity of calculator oh, again? that's what I was supposed to look at. Yeah. Damn it. Mm, well, it's not Gus Gorman. That's all that matters. Calculator, secret. Identity. Can we count Meteor Man as a movie for this non-DC? <laughs> uh, it doesn't. Uh, Noah Cutler. Noah Cutler. Yeah, see, we can we can erase Noah Cutler. Make him Gus Gorman. Yeah. Well, but Gus Gorman's not a bad guy, it turns out. Maybe maybe Noah Cutler's the guy. Yeah, we, we're, we'll come up with something, guys. Yeah. It'll, it'll be awesome. We don't want to make it predictable. But we want Gus Gorman into the comic. Just like how they brought... Uh, Mm-hmm. Chloe Sullivan into the comics after yep. Smallville came out. We can bring Gus Gorman. Did they kill her yet? I don't. I don't think she exists anymore. Like yeah. she, they, that was pre New Fifty Two. Oh, okay. And uh, you know, no one, no one likes Allison Mack anymore. She's in prison now. It's still a shocker that Chloe's a sex trafficker. Wait till like I wonder what's going to happen to Felicity twenty years from now. Oh my God, hopefully <laughs> nothing. What's um, scary is you just think of how many people were connected to that still that haven't been yeah, come to light. Down. Especially with the Me Too movement. Like, stuff not popping out. Like, if you just told somebody that, no one would believe you either. That, like, Chloe Sullivan runs a sex trafficking slavery right. cult. Yeah. It's really creepy. It's crazy. This movie's not over. I thought that movie it's was over. <laughs> Uh, while the end of the movie plays, any final thoughts on on Superman three? I'm just like, come on, Clark. She's so India. Wait, why is is Lana in Metropolis? Yeah. Oh, because they came to Metropolis to like ask Superman why he why he's like crazy. Did they ever establish that they were a thing in high school? Is he giving her a ring? He's giving her the diamond, the giant-ass diamond that Superman made. He's proposing to Lana Lang. This, this is the original Klana ship. Did he just drop his cereal? I think it was a bowl of Cheetos, actually. That's a giant diamond. Did he essentially just propose? Well, it's, he looks like he's proposing. I don't think he proposed. But that's the. This is like a three's company scene. He's going to punch him, and it's not going to hurt. Okay, well that actually kind of worked. I, I'm okay with that scene. Yeah. It's Clark using his clumsiness to make something happen. Hey, look, Lois is finally back. They literally like sideline Lois in the beginning and the end of the movie. Well, she's wearing the same outfit. Is it the same? Well, because they only she probably only filmed one scene. Yeah, one scene. Like I, I'm surprised that like Margot Kidder was like, "Yeah, I'll just do it." Like I would have been like Gene Hackman, like if you don't want me, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna like humor you by filming these. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Lana is now the secretary at the paper? Well, 
she's not in the next movie. So something That's happens sad. between three and four. Ha! Uh. <laughs> Ooh. So clearly they're setting up the triangle. That was a great shot, actually. Although, is this the lottery machine? Yeah. So, th- this presaged like people who ship Clark and Lana versus Clark and Lois <laughs> in Smallville. Right. But is this like setting up the actual lottery? I I haven't. I don't. This a, was this placement for the lottery? I don't know what any oh. of the whole like lottery stuff. That was. looked dangerous, dude. <laughs> oh, here's the pin, the pizza scene. I don't understand why like stuff like this is necessary. Like who who? Maybe because the Italians will think it's funny. But like, but any of these like slaps, like who is this for? You know what I mean? I don't like, know. Other than you just assume we have to have silly comedy in a comic book movie. This is just not necessary. At least the the continuity they went back and fixed it. But this guy like printed out all these. Or I guess he sculpted, didn't print yeah. them. He sculpted. This is before 3D printing. Uh, yeah, and now he's mad again. So he they still hate you, Superman. You didn't fix anything. <laughs> Meanwhile, can you imagine what like the foundation of the of the tower looks like now? It's like it's the foundation of it must be all like screwed up. And that's the end of the movie. Thank God. It's over. This is an iconic shot. Yeah. Well, it's the same shot in like every mm-hmm. Superman movie. All right, Adam. Any final thoughts? I, am, I I didn't remember this movie at all. So I'm kind of glad I watched it. Yeah. But, you know, it's redeeming in all the actual Superman scenes. The Superman stuff is actually really great, honestly. Can we, can we do a cut that just has the Superman scenes and reshoot like the. You don't even reshoot it. I'm sure you could do a cut. The, the like, va- like Topher Grace the did Vader. the uh, Phantom Menace cut where he made like. Phantom Menace actually a good movie. I'm sure you could do a cut. Just take out the villains in general. Yeah, just take Brainiac. out the villains. Yeah, keep Brainiac. Just reverse it around. Put Brainiac at the beginning. Put what's her name as Brainiac. And Recut then, that. And I'm, then yeah. have, have you know her what? If you influencing get... Richard Pryor. Oh, hey. That's actually smart. That's what we're do. We're going to recut Superman 3 into an actually good movie. Because there's a lot of good stuff in this, honestly. Yeah. Let's do Get rid of all the... Let's get rid of the all the, the color cut. cut of it. Get rid of all those slapstick, right? We yeah. don't need any of the sight gags, and uh, we'll do we'll do the uh, we'll do the NOC cut of uh, Superman three. Well, Adam Starcaster, thank you for joining us once again this for uh, audio commentary. How can people get in touch with you on the internet? Just look for me at Adam Starcaster. I'm easy to find. You can find me on Twitter at the real chow the underscore real underscore chow. Follow us at DCTV Classics, DCTVPodcast.com, HardKnockMedia.com. Subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and everywhere you get podcasts. Once again, thank you for listening to a DCTV Classics audio commentary. We'll see you next time for Supergirl. Woo! Not the TV show. It's a classic but, but 84 similar. Superhero, but very similar. Starring Helen Slater. Till next time, same pod time, same pod channel. We're glad this recording lasted.